We're starting the show right now. Welcome to the Streaming Evil Live show. We need a theme song. I was just telling my my mystery guest waiting in the wings that we needed a theme song for the show. And I was saying how I want it to be the opening part of She. Welcome to the Streaming Evil Live Show, if you dare. Something, 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 something. Jeff is going to share. Jeff is going to talk about Misfits, Samhain, and Danzig. It's going to be a lot of fun. Something, something, something. You know, they'll just go in like that and need somebody to write that theme song for me. It'll be a lot of fun. And I'll get some graphics. And, and, you know, these are all my dreams, you know, if I have more overhead to invest in this show. Right now, I have zero overhead, which allows me to do the show. Oh, my God, I didn't put on my sunglasses. What was I thinking? You know, I've been trying to, I've been carefully crafting this YouTube persona for almost a year now. Do you realize it's, oh my God, guys, in three days, in 18 days, in 18 days, it's going to be one year of the streaming Evil Live show. But at the time, it was just like Misfits history. It, it's, this has evolved. This has evolved. But it's, we're, we're, we're approaching our one year anniversary, guys. I'm so happy. Hold on. We got a bunch of comments. Yo, Peter, long time no see, buddy. Welcome to the show. Of course, Rue Morg, how you doing? Good to see you. We have Misfits Medic. What's up, Mr. Medic? How you doing? Free my son, Ramey. Oh, is this this is Jose, man. How you doing? How you doing? Ra- you know, Ramey was on Pizza Punk. It was me, Loki, Joe, Robbie Bloodshed, and Ramey. And it was a lot of fun. Sup, mom? How you doing? Thank you. Ha- yeah, thank you for the anniversary. Yes, I mean, thank you for the 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 congratulatory nature of this comment. Thank you. That yes, I you know it really is. It's nice, man. It's nice. Uh, Pete says I've been gone a while. I was caught up in a romantic entanglement. Um, I hope that it was a wonderful romantic entanglement. I love the way that you put that. Usually, when I hear romantic entanglement, do you know what movie I'm reminded of, Pete? I'm reminded of Dead Alive by Peter Jackson. There will be some kind of romantic entanglement. I'm really, really looking forward to those movies. They're they're getting uh, remastered as we speak, 4K remasters, and they're coming out on Blu-ray, and I cannot effing wait. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, Yes, I remember it was a hell of an episode. I love your show. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Jose. This is Jose, right? Um, Thank you, man. I'm so glad to hear that. Um, so we're just going to let this populate. Yo, last episode was very well received from a lot, like across the board. People dug it. People were enjoying that. Um, I have to tell you, I had a lot of fun doing that episode. I wish every episode could be as successful as how I felt last episode was. I felt the last episode was incredibly successful and I, I just really, really enjoyed um uh doing that and i wish that i you know i guess i could i you know structure episodes to be more like those episode that episode and if you missed last week's episode go check it out we talked about the final show 
it was a deep, I mean, we went down to the bottom, the root of everything. And then afterwards we stupefied ourselves as we, we watched the misfits last show <laughs> and discovered the cult of the cowboy man. Uh, and if you don't know who the cowboy man is, just go watch the last show. But I have a few housekeeping items before we get to this, the, uh, uh, you know, our, our show this week. Uh, hold on. Yeah, uh, yep. Yes, it is. Jose. That, gl- glad to know that. And I finally got to meet. Yes, we did meet, dude. So I've known this guy for, you know, internet through the internet for uh, a long time. He recognized me at the MSG show. Uh, oh, dude, an honor. Come on. It wasn't an honor. Well, you know what? I, I, I could have. I, I thank you. Thank you, man. That's very nice of you to say. Uh, it was nice to meet you, though, man. And I appreciate you calling out because there's some people that are too cool for school and they like don't want. I've approached those people, like people that you meet through the internet or like kind of recognize the internet. You see them in real life. You're like, hey, man, what's up? I'm that guy that you know through the internet, just saying hello. And they're just like, they just are too cool for school. It is the lamest one person in particular who I will not mention lamest like interaction I ever had dude who I, who I was fr- Facebook friends with saw him um, through the internet, walked right up to him was like, Hey man, what's up? Like we're Facebook friends. Hi, I'm Jeff. Just introducing myself, just friendly extroverted me. And he just was like, could not compute or did not know how. So, which leads me to wonder if I unfriend somebody or somebody unfriends me on Facebook, does that mean if I bump into them in real life, like I have to like ignore them? <laughs> like, like I cannot talk to you because I unfriended you on Facebook or you unfriended me on Facebook. Therefore we cannot talk to each other. Persona non grata. <laughs> um, so yeah. Uh, monster, monster ball. Uh, oh, you're in, in, in reference to the romantic entanglement compliment. Comments, not compliments. Blah, 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 blah. Um, yeah, no, I'm referring to uh, Dead Alive. Also, I want to pour one out for the Alamo Draft House, which before you guys met me as you know me today was the place that I freaking like. You know what's funny? It was like my most tavern. Like if I'm Homer Simpson, that's where I go. I don't go. I don't go and like, you know, boozing all night. Don't come home till three o'clock in the morning, snorting Coke with hookers or nothing. I like to go to the Alamo draft house, order a draft root beer and sit and watch the latest art house or horror genre film, whatever, yada, 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 that sort of thing, you know? Um, and uh, like, literally that's my one vice. I'm going to the Alamo draft house to watch. I would go to the Alamo draft house sometimes upwards of five times a month. I had a season pass. 20 bucks, see as many movies as you want, one per day. Great deal. Um, in any case, they have gone bankrupt and freaking um, I don't know what the future holds for my personal, my Alamo Draft House, which is my hideaway away from hideaways. And I love it and I miss it. And yeah, exactly. It's sad that you only exist on the internet. Like, what is that all about? Um, I uh, I don't know about that, Pete, but I appreciate the sentiment. Um, I mean, they might carry on and continue. They be, they're being restructured. They were bought out. But you know what happens with that stuff. They get bought out and suddenly, you know, the, the curation that we had at our Alamo Draft House was phenomenal. Like a great example, we were just talking about Dead Alive. They, on Halloween night, I went to the Alamo Draft House and watched Night of Living Dead 4K restoration, the one that the Janus did for the Criterion, uh, for, for, for Criterion uh, Blu-ray, whatever release that they did. I watched it with that 
and you know, personally approved by George Romero before he died, and a double feature with Dead Alive on 35. And it was, I've never had so much fun by myself on Halloween night in a movie theater. That was like three or four years ago. It was a blast. They had a big cauldron, like a plastic cauldron full of Halloween candy. So you walk right in. I had my backpack with me because, you know, I bring snacks sometimes and it did, you know, cost an arm and a leg. You go to the Alamo as often as I do. You can't, can't order food there every time. And so I'm just taking handfuls of candy and putting it in my backpack, you know, and I go and I sit down. One of my favorite cinema experiences of all time. And now I don't know what it's going to be for the future. And it just makes me sad. Um, on to my piece of housekeeping business. So last week, we spoke briefly about Russ Gibb, the DJ. Um, it was the DJ uh, who who basically broke the Paul is Dead rumor um, and did a bunch of stuff and ran venues and stuff. And after re-watching my interview with uh, Ken Kayafa, who's Jerry and Doyle's brother, um, you know, what's funny. I asked him, I guess I had asked him about Russ Gibb. He did not remember who Russ Gibb was, but he did remember the, the I'm about to sneeze any second. He did remember the, <laughs> thank you. Um, he did remember who, uh, uh, the scenario and what it was. This is what I had forgotten about the breakfast the next day. They had, um, Russ's mother, it wasn't the wife, it was his mother, cooked the Misfits pancakes. They sat around the kitchen table, freshly broken up from the night before, and quietly ate a pancake breakfast politely before getting in the van and going. So that was the detail. That was the one detail that I had forgotten. So like I said, you know, if we don't talk about these things, they're lost to time. And, you know, we care about minutia here, and the minutia needs to be documented. And so I just burned my way through the entire almost four hours of, of Ken Kayafa interview. Lots of incredible moments. One in particular, let's put it this way. I heard, a, I re-listened to the detailed, almost 10 to 12 minute recollection for eyewitness account, not, not secondhand knowledge, eyewitness account of the grave robbing incident in New Orleans. And man, he is a natural storyteller. And it just, and to to, to compare it, he told the Doyle El Caban incident, that took him about five minutes. So the fact that this took about 10, I think it was between 10 and 12 minutes for the grave robbing incident. I mean, this is a great story, you guys. And I have it in, I guess, as much detail as you're going to get. Now, what's sad is that if I can't get this other guy who I who I know was there, who I've been in contact with, who I tried to interview back in, I think, 2017 or 2018, then I'm going to have a very limited perspective. I have a, I have also have Todd Swallow talking about it, so I have two, but there was one other guy who I wanted to hear his, his uh, side of that story. Obviously, there's Glenn and Jerry and Doyle's side, but as I, as we've said, there's never, we're not going to hear from Glenn, Jerry and Doyle in this thing as we know them. Um, I remember Pete says, I remember Nerdwar asking Jerry only who could eat more pancakes, him or Glenn. And what was the answer, Pete? I'm kind of curious who, who, what did, who did Jerry say? I bet Jerry said himself and I'm sure Jerry only with his Gregarian appetite could indeed eat more pancakes than Glenn Danzig. Another piece of business. 
I have a long gestating pizza punk episode. It, it's the production designer from Return of Living Dead. I have just had not had time to edit this um, this this thing. It needs to be edited because of uh, latency. Ah, he did say it was him. Uh, there's some latency issues with uh, the uh, Zoom Zoom video that we did. We did it privately over Zoom. I got to fix that. Uh, I have another live guest coming on to Pizza Punk. He is very he's well known in the Misfits Samhain Danzig universe, really the Misfits universe, and um, be very very excited to just have him on the show. And chat with him. Uh, it's been some years since we chatted. He's in the documentary, uh, but I'll leave him for a surprise for now. Let's just say that he he was uh, very close to to one of the later situations. Maybe not seventy seven eighty three. Okay. With all that said, with all that discussed, with all that talked about, let's get to the main topic. Okay. So previously, we've done. Uh, Mom, thank you so much. I'm glad you enjoyed the TV interview. I hadn't spoken to Tracy in that capacity in many, many years. So it was nice to catch up uh, a nice trip down memory lane for sure. Um, so intermittently on this channel, on the, you know, on this show, we've, we've, we've sort of analyzed Glenn's lyrics. It's such a fun fan thing to do. Um, most recently there was a, a new batch of, of that happening in, in the group in the, uh, on Facebook, go check out our Facebook group. They came from Lodi and, um, we, we were just having, man, it was just so much, so much fun when that stuff gets brought up. And I was thinking, man, we had, there's so many of these things. We got to do a whole episode or maybe the first in a series, you know, devoted just to talking about on my guest right now, who. Um, who was actually the person that posted his his um, his theory about a song, which I thought was great. It was really great, prompted a lot of great conversation. I love that. I love it when we get, you know, I love our group. I really do. I, but I get so like, I'm so like over the memes, most of the memes. Like I like some memes, but like it's like the same old pictures and the same old memes and yada, yada, yada. I like talking about interesting, fresh stuff that is, rarely talked about or not talked about at all. And I feel like our group is really good for that. And I, you know, so far I've heard several, Oh crap. That was not supposed to happen. I've heard several interpretations uh, of misfit songs. I'm thinking, man, let's just do a whole episode devoted to that. Previously we've discussed Nike Agoko. We've discussed, um, they came from Loda. No, uh, TV casualty. We've discussed, Last caress. So we'll we'll briefly go over those again. We've talked about theme for a jackal, um, but we're going to talk about a couple more. I think we talked about cough cool. We're going to go over those again a little bit for those who don't feel like digging back in. You know, this is episode fifty-two. We have fifty-two episodes that are each at a minimum of an hour in length. So you realize that you know if we've we've talked about the misfits here for over a hundred hours on YouTube or whatever streaming. Kind of insane when you think about it. So I'm going to bring my guest on right now. Uh, you know him as the uh, owner-operator of tvcasualty.com. I call I like to call him Russell Casualty, but he 
uh, prefers to identify as Rusty Murdergram, which I can appreciate because I'm Jeffrey Murdergram. We're actually in a fictional band, him and I. We don't we're not, we don't actually put out music or tour, but we are in a fictional band. And here he is, the man himself, Rusty Murdergram. What's up, sir? How are you? What's up, man? I'm I'm all I'm all jeffed up tonight. I got my glasses and my hat and my my drink. Good to go. Cheers to you. Yeah. No, I, I can't see with this crap on. <laughs> it's okay. You tried. You yeah. tried. No plaid man. either, but you know, this is this is the best I could do tonight. I, I think you're doing great. And he's repping the Robbie Bloodshed Teenagers from Mars shirt, which is awesome. An awesome. Oh no, 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 shirt. no, 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 no. This is a bootleg. I paid five hundred dollars for this. It's a bootleg of Robbie's shirt. Oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. I did not I did not realize. Because that's the thing to do, you know. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. That is true. In any case, it's a great shirt. Truly a great shirt. And you yeah, can notice be- you can notice behind Rusty Murdergram, he's got his Misfits records, but behind the Misfits records, he has this beautiful, beautiful poster in the back. Exactly, Pete. I was just going to talk about that poster. What's up, Pat? We got Pat Licata in the house. How you doing, Pat? I was just going, you know, Pat, I just went through your dad's interview uh, and I was, you know, it was killing me because I'm like, I, I know I reached out to your brother. I got, I got to talk to your dad again. I got to talk to We got to set this up. I'm going to come in. I'll come to Lodi and I got to talk to your dad. Okay. We got to set that up. So we'll talk, but good to see you, Pat. Hope, hope you and the family are well. Say hello to your dad. Um, Freaking that poster is awesome. It's just an awesome, it's a gorgeous 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 poster it looks like you, you printed it up real nice so yeah i wound up going uh 24 by 36 which is slightly bigger than what uh, the original was but uh it still came out really nice you know you can do you know there are some images especially it depends on dpi and yada 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 um yeah you know like you you uh you can you can push you can push the image yeah good to yeah. know pat thank you thank you pat i'll be in touch um, yeah, you can push images, man. You can push images. I was just telling, I was just showing, um, freaking, I, you can't see it. I can never do this finger thing. You can't <laughs> see it. It's right here. It's a bullet poster. Uh, Max's Kansas city bullet poster from 1978. It is not real. It was a gift actually given to me. But when I, when I was putting it in the frame, you know what I realized it has AK at the bottom. It's an AK bootleg. So how about that? Um, that's a source of contention for many in the community because of the controversial um, – he, he controversially makes bootlegs that are – you know, um, it's just not good. Not a good thing. I, I'm sure the, the collectors could tell a million reasons why, but it's not good. Um, and, yeah. But I'm glad I have one, and I didn't pay a cent for it. So it was given as a gift. Um, is that a real beware behind you, by the way? Yes, yes, sir, it is. Holy crap. That's awesome. I've only seen one in real life. It belonged to Dave Street, and Glenn signed it to him. He signed it to Sardu. Oh, you've seen it if you watch 1979. He talks about it. That's the only time I've ever seen a beware. So that's pretty cool. That is pretty cool. Um. All right, so let's friggin' dive into this. So what we're gonna here's how the show is gonna work tonight. Mm-hmm. It's not a history show. It's more of um, it's more of a, an analysis show. 
Well, all everything we do here is analysis, but you know what I mean. We're not analyzing history. We're taking a look at the the holy scriptures themselves, the unholy scriptures themselves, and trying to interpret what the hell was he talking about, right? Um, and so what better way? Let's start right out of the gate. We've got a bunch of, st- I got a bunch of them, but let's start right out of the gate. And again, anybody in the comments, feel free to throw in your two cents. We want to hear from you. We want to hear, please contribute to the conversation. Let's turn this into a symposium. That's when the show is at its best. That's why it's great to have the visual element because we can read and interact with people's comments. And it just, it's, it's wonderful. I love it. That's why I love StreamYard above. That's why I don't bra- uh, go uh, live straight to YouTube because I like to see people's comments pop up. It's really fun. You can only do that with this. Um, so Russell came into the group the other day. He's a mod there and he came into the group with where Eagles dare and had a very interesting theory. And you know, what was funny. I actually had, I think I had one or two things where I, I had not conflicting interpretations, but I wanted to throw, I forgot what they are though. I wish I had written them down where like I saw it kind of slightly differently and I wanted to tell you about it. I was like, wait, I'll just save it for the show. But now I can't remember what it was, but maybe I'll be reminded once we we look at it. So we're going to go right here now. And uh, do you have it in front of you or will you be able to see it if I share the screen? Will you be able to read your writing? Because I'm putting your post up here. Can no, everybody not, see that no, post? I, I, I would need a microscope to oh, read shit. that from here. All right. Do you That's just want right. to talk about it? You just talk about it and then I'll yeah, read from yeah. here. I can see it very well. Go ahead. Launch yeah, it. I mean, it. I can just, you know, uh, basically... You know, I mean, hey, we all love analyzing these lyrics, I think, you know, um, and uh, there was a uh, a post in another group. Um, it was Denise Anzalone, and I, I'm pretty sure she's a member of this group, too. And um, I don't remember the exact words, but basically she was lamenting or well, not even really lamenting, but basically just saying, hey, I'm not embarrassed to say I don't know what this song is about. And it got me to thinking, you know, I, I thought about it years ago, like most of the songs, you know. Um, let me back up a little bit and say that uh, Where Eagles Dare was the second Misfit song that I ever heard. And um, so, you know, that one, along with American Nightmare, that was the first one. Uh, it was kind of a special place, you know, with me, uh, with those songs. So, <clears throat> you know, that's one of the oldest ones that I, that I, I tried to figure out all the lyrics for um and and just basically you know what not only was he saying but what is he saying you know what what's right. the story here um so anyway so um denise's comment sort of sparked me into into rethinking that and uh and you know uh, the first thought was like oh you know hey we, we walk the streets at night we go where eagles dare well that sounds like you know like tough guys maybe you know like roughnecks or something you know and and Glenn grew up in Jersey, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, a lot of rough guys, you know, prowling around at night, you know, looking for a fight or whatever. Um, <clears throat> you know, and, and to back up also the the title, you know, I'd heard that phrase years before I ever knew about the misfits. Um, you know, I, I don't know, I read it somewhere or whatever. So um, I didn't associate that with the movie at the time. Um, of course, later on, you know, I did hear that as being some idea that it was based on the movie, but I, I checked that out and that's, you know, that there was nothing to me that, that tied into that. Um, 
but you know, go, going on in the lyrics, you know, um, what is, uh, with jaded eyes and features, you know, okay. So here's these guys, you know, they're, they're, they're just standing around, they're bored, they're jaded. Um, you know, they, they don't really care about anything, but then you, you move on basically deeper into the thing and where that sort of theory or that Avenue petered out was, um, you know, the, um, uh, her mouth of germicide. Okay. <laughs> so how, how does that fit in with like rough guys, you know, fighting on the street? So, you know, um, one thing led to another, I'm thinking, well, you know, sex and prostitution have come up, you know, in, in these songs before, maybe that's it. You know, I'll walk back to the beginning. Yep. You know, we walk the streets at night. We go where Eagles dare. That's, you know, a seedy side of town and we're walking the streets. Okay. Well that sort of fits, you know, um, but to, to get into the meat of it, you know, the, the thing that really changed, changed the game for me, um, you know, a few days ago, whenever that was, um, was that line about the hat pin in your retina. So I thought, you know, Glenn, if, if he's inspired by a movie or a line in a movie, perhaps he's going to tweak that, you know, and make it, um, you know, a little more interesting, or maybe, maybe he's going to change a word so that the cadence of that line is going to fit the song. You know, it's, it's going to roll off the tongue better, you know, I don't know. Um, so I thought, what you know, in simplest terms, what is it? Well, you know, uh, did a prostitute get stabbed in the eye with a hat pin? I Google something to that effect. And the, one of the first things that comes up is this uh, review or synopsis of, of a, uh, a Hammer film, The uh, Hands of the Ripper. So, you know, uh, uh, there's a, uh, a line in this review that talks about the prostitute getting stabbed in the eye. Like, all right, man, I'm going to have to check this out. Luckily, it's on Amazon. Uh, fired the thing up and watched it all the way through. Yeah, there's prostitution in it. There's uh, some bad parts of town. There's a lady getting stabbed in the eye with a hat pin. <laughs> you know, it's like, so, you know, that that didn't just immediately go, well, that's, it's got to be about this movie. But, you know, the things just sort of fit. So, I, you know, I'm, I'm not saying that this is the absolute and this is it. I'm just saying, hey, you know, this this all seems to fit. You know, hey, let's talk about it. Let's knock it around. You know, somebody bring something else to the table. You know, um, I think it's likely that um, it might have been at least a partial inspiration. You know, the movie came out in 71. So Glenn would have been in what, uh, 10th grade, you know. Um, I don't know. Uh, I thought it was really, I thought it was a really good interpretation. Here's where I, here's what I want to add to the conversation before I add it. Let's just, let's just see what Pete's saying in the comments. Pete's saying, Pete says, where Eagles dare reminds me of high school kids raising hell with the line. We jetted out, we jetted out of bleachers, but Glenn could have tied in a bunch of stuff. That was exactly what I was going to say. Actually, the, not the, the, the first part, the second part, I think Glenn is tying in a bunch of stuff. He's juxtaposing, which once again, we know he does this. He does this with we've what I've spoken about more than anything. Uh, we've talked about freaking what's it called? Um, uh, horror business is the uh, a, 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 a complete juxtaposition uh, intersectionality of the movie Psycho with what happened with Nancy Spungen and and uh, uh, Sid Vicious. 
And so perhaps Glenn is taking a bunch of different things. Where Eagles There is the movie title, right? You know, Mm -hmm. Um, the Hands of the Ripper is, it's called Hands of the Ripper? Yes. Hands of the Ripper, yes. Hands of the Ripper from, uh, is... Is the is the you know he's getting some ideas there, and that clearly this movie has is he's writing about prostitution in some way, shape, or form in this film. I that I'm convinced of that. I never ever thought I never in in all my years of listening to Misfits lyrics or Misfits songs never thought to put make the connection that Where Eagles Dare he's singing about prostitution in some way, shape, or form inspired by this movie. So this is a deep cut. I mean, this is, this was really uh, something else to, for you to discover this, I thought, in my opinion. Um, and then the, and then, you know, once again, he's doing this super, like, he's really, this is poetry is what he's writing. Like, yeah, you could say that every song is poetry, but like, this feels like poetry by way of Bukowski, which as we've, talked about ad nauseum the bukowski influence this feels like him trying to you know write bukowski and i'm gonna hold on i just want to get to a couple other comments maybe the hat pin in the retina is a clockwork orange reference you know pete maybe <clears throat> honestly i think i think rusty has yeah. it man i think rusty nailed it with this i think that's exactly what it is man he he was probably watching hand of the ripper and saw that scene, a hat pin in your retina unbosoms all your past. What does it mean, unbosoms all your past? And here's the thing that I always have to do. I have to look shit up. I like to look things up to, to determine what something means. So I looked up the word germicide. What does germicide actually mean? It's an agent for killing germs or microorganisms. So what he's talking about there, he's talking about a mouth of germicide, a mouth of, of uh, a mouthful of mouthwash. You know, probably yep. to wash out some, you know, uh, bodily stuff. fluids, stuff, <laughs> stuff, stay, stay puff marshmallow stuff. You know what I mean? Um, you know, uh, hold on one second. And then I just want to give a shout out to Dagger Love for his $5 tip. That's right. You can tip in, uh, you can tip in the comments of the show in the live stream. Um, and Dagger has contributed. He's been a, a very generous benefactor. I just want to tip my hat to you, sir, and raise raise a, a drink because uh, you are contributing to this channel and 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 keeping keeping all this stuff going, uh, allowing me to um, you know, yeah. Just thank you. I just want to say thank you, uh, Detective Murdergram. It's Detective. Yeah, we are Detective Murdergrams, is what we are. True. Um, they're only real lyrics if it's Glenn's handwriting. That's right. And it has to be in uppercase. It has to be all uppercase uh, <laughs> letters, which reminds me, I have a Glenn letter that I had never seen before. Maybe we'll read that later. Hold on. I want to go back. Let me just go back to, to this real quick. Uh, so let's go back to what you wrote here. So you write uh, picking up losers, Johns. I think that was, that blew my mind too. It was That's one way to look at it. I, that's one way to look at it if you're conforming it to the movie Hands of the Ripper. See, I think that line really – I think what what Peter was saying resonates more with that line. I do think he's talking about high school when he mentions bleachers or whatever. 
picking up losers, picking up misfits, picking up outcasts of society. Yes, it could be John's because that does fit with the movie. But as I stated before, um, this is my rebuttal to, 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 to Rusty's theory. Um, the idea that it is a smattering of a bunch of different things. And therefore that might be one of the elements omelet of disease without a doubt. I mean, dude, you were so, you so nailed this without a doubt. Omelet of disease is a prostitute's parts, man. Absolutely. That is what it is, man. An omelet of disease. And what a way, what a, what words to use an omelet of disease. It sounds disgusting disgusting an omelet of disease mouth of germicide uh, and then seducing all your glands i think it's seducing all your glands and you say if the former alcohol affects your glands impairing judgment if the latter we're talking oral pleasure that's what i think it's the latter that's what it is an omelet of disease seducing all your glands uh and then what does it mean unbosoms all your past what does unbosom mean like, like when to, you think to- about it Re- reveal it, you know, to, to, to let it out, to right. share it. Yeah. Let's see what, so what I was thinking there was the, uh, yeah, in, in the movie. And again, you know, I'm just, you know, that, that's the starting point, you know, obviously, but in the movie, uh, when she stabs the prostitute in the eye, that's when her, um, her guardian, this guy that's taking care of her since the Ripper's dead. Um, he realizes what she's done and she's responsible for these other murders and then finds out that she is the daughter of the Ripper. So to me, that was kind of like, okay, now the hat pin and the retina led to the unbosoming of her past. So it, you know, it could have been something like that. Okay. So here's what it says. The actual definition. I, I know you, the screen is tiny for you, Rust, Rusty. So I'm going to just read it Yeah. to disclose a confidence or a secret or to disclose one's thoughts, feelings, or the like, especially in confidence. So a hat pin in your retina unbosoming your past, the the hat pin in the retina of your eye is causing you to, the, the pain of that is causing you to connect with your past, which might also be a history of pain, which also might be, you know, if, you know, you're a sex worker on the street, perhaps, you yeah. are, in fact, come from, you know, not all sex workers are like that, but you know what I mean, that kind of thing. Um, so I think that's pretty interesting. And here's the most important part of all, and then we'll, we'll go to some comments for a minute. Um, what is I ain't no goddamn son of a bitch? You better think about it, baby. Is that whose perspective is that? Where is that coming from? I'd love to hear your thoughts, Rusty. Anybody's thoughts? Uh, I don't know. Like may- maybe there was some exchange, you know, again, if we're going back with the prostitution thing, you know, some exchange, maybe the prostitute says something to him and he's kind of, you know, refuting that. Hey, I'm, I'm not that, you know, I'm, I'm not this thing that you, you say I am, but uh, right. it seems like, I think I had a conversation with Robbie about this and, uh, I, I don't remember what he said, but uh, it seemed like it was just kind of like a like a thing, like "Hey, blah, 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 you know, <laughs> I'm not that," you know. Who is saying I ain't no goddamn son of a bitch? There's so often in Glenn Danzig songs where he writes from an I statement, and so who is the person? Is it the John who's saying I ain't no goddamn son yeah. of a bitch? That's what I'm so, thinking. Okay, so let's go back to the John thing for a minute. 
we walk the streets at night, prostitutes, uh, with jaded eyes and features, bo- yeah, bored from, from working, picking up losers, Johns, where eagles dare, somewhere that lesser men or weaker folks wouldn't go, a bad hood. You know, but here's the thing. When I think about where eagles dare, it's the point, it's from the POV of the loser, of the John, thinking that they go, that they soar in the clouds, that they go where eagles dare. And essentially, what it might come down to is that where eagles dare is about the assault of a prostitute by shoving a hat Mm. pin in her retina or how about this maybe it's the point the pov of jack the ripper maybe because because like the movie so it jack the ripper is getting picked up by a prostitute who has an omelet of disease uh a mouthful of germicide and then takes a hat pin and shoves it into her retina to unbosom all her past and he's saying all along the way, I ain't no goddamn son of a bitch. You better think about it, baby, because he, it's some trip that he has with women that he's targeting prostitutes. Again, yeah. guys, we are so just, we are so just like, man, this is just, we're making this up. Like, this is just not real. But like, you know, just trying to, we're just trying to interpret. That's it. That's literally it. I have no idea if any of this makes any sense, but. Perhaps it's this is this song is being sung from the point of view of Jack the Ripper in that kind of way. What do you think? Uh, I'm I'm liking that theory. Okay, okay. Let's see what people say. Jorge is back from last week. Welcome back, Jorge. It's the prostitute customer. Okay, okay. So you dig that? I ain't no goddamn son of a bitch. Could have been a personal life experience that Glenn tied in. Absolutely. Absolutely. As Glenn is sort of yep. like giving himself the avatar of in the situation, maybe he's mad at an ex-girlfriend and, you know, thinks of her as like, you know, a prostitute or something and, you know, uh, taking out his frustrations and angers in that kind of way. And then identifying that he ain't no goddamn son of a bitch. He does go where Eagles dare. They do pick up every loser, you know, with jaded eyes and features. You think we really care. I do know, yes, it, Where Eagles Dare was a killer war movie. Right. That's true. So maybe he's tying that in. That's obviously, or perhaps as a movie, there you go. Um, what is the plot of Where Eagles Dare? Real quick, Rusty. Uh, these guys, uh, these British soldiers uh, are impersonating some uh, German soldiers to, uh, I, it was very convoluted, but basically they're just trying to infiltrate um, a stronghold up in the mountains and, uh, and they, they do it. And, you know, that's really it. I mean, it, 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 for whatever reason that they were actually there, it was, this is very detailed and very convoluted reason that they were there, but that was the plot. They impersonate, oh. you know, Oh, okay. Yeah. The plot was actually to uncover this ring of, uh, what do they call Like not double spies. What, you know? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Double agents, double agents, double agents. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 okay. That's what it was. Okay, yeah. that's cool. That's cool. Um, maybe the they stopped along the way and got some German prostitutes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. No, there was um, a scene in a in a in a brewhaus or whatever you call the you know like the the bar, uh, yeah. but uh, I don't think there were prostitutes per se. But I I get it. You're just uh, you're picking there. Um, but yeah, I, it just. No, nothing really rang true with that, that for me for, you know, against the movie. So 
I don't know. Uh, I'm just looking through the comments. Uh, here we go. All right. So then there's this. And this was Raphael actually found this really cool site. And <clears throat> wait a minute. Glenn was a fan of the blog. Blah, 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 blah. Sorry, guys. I'm reading through this to see if this is about where Eagles there. I don't know if it, if it is. Oh, no. That's about hybrid moments, which we'll get to. Oh, no. Why is my computer sucking right now? There we go. Okay. We should close out a couple things. Yeah, no, we're good. Um, sorry, I'm just looking through the comments to see. Yeah, everybody's posting stuff. Here's one thought here. I'll share the screen as I do this at least so it's not just so you can see what I'm doing here. I just want to see if there, anybody else brings up any good ideas. No, I'm not seeing anything, so I'm going to X this out. So we can methodically get through this. We have another comment. A Hale is back. What's up, A? Where Eagles Dare is a killer Iron Maiden song, too. But I know this is about the Misfits version. Well, you, t you told me something I didn't know. I didn't know that there was a uh, an Iron Maiden version. And, yes, I agree, Dagger Love. The Misfits are way better than Iron Maiden. A thousand <laughs> times. Ugly. Oh, you can't compare the two apples and oranges. No way, motherfucker. Iron Maiden. Doesn't hold the candle on this if you're asking me. Yeah, now now theirs, I read somewhere that theirs is actually based on that movie. So ah. uh, yeah. And it came out in 85, 84, 85. It was gotcha. it came out before Legacy Brutality. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, so the next thing I want to talk about, let's go to a real quick one. Um, well, no, there's a lot here. All right, the next one I want to talk about. This is really cool. This is really, really, really cool. <clears throat> I have never thought about what Cough Cool is about. And this is, and I got to give credit to Raphael who discovered this. This blew my mind. This blew my mind. These streets we walk upon, this corner full of piss and fear, the, the street won't bear it long. It slants, it tilts, it's brought outside alive. I mean, this is really abstract. This is almost like Jim Morrison you know, uh, sort of beat poetry. In the, it's like Jim Morrison meets Charles Bukowski, you know. Uh, we dine on visions with new eyes, creep, creep, creep. And as I've said many times, I've always wanted to hear like a gothic death rock version of Cough Cool. So this is, okay, I think this is the, yeah, this is the vampire perspective of Cough Cool. Did, had you been aware of this before, before Raphael posted that in the group. I don't know if you even saw it before when he posted it in the group. Were you familiar with that? Oh, no, no. I, I was, uh, I was really excited to see that. I thought, man, that really fit well. Yeah. Um, Never heard that before. Yeah. That, that blew my mind. So we'll, we'll read that right now. Um, Raphael, <clears throat> no, are you actually in Lodi right now? We're our hearts are in Lodi. Okay. Our hearts are in Lodi at all times. It doesn't mean that we're actually there. I'm in an undis undisclosed secret bunker called um, the Shadow Gallery. And Russell Murdergram is in TV Casualty Headquarters. And we are broadcasting to you via evil live radio waves. Um, yeah, Charles Bukowski Pulp is a great book. And Glenn Danzig sure thought so. And if you guys have seen 1979, which is the massive three-hour episode, three-hour edited episode, it's almost a documentary in and of itself, 
there's a clip there with Charles Bukowski talking about each line needs to have a bite of juice. It should go bim, 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 bim. And I just thought that was so poetic when I, when I saw that, cause I was just like, you know, that Glenn Danzig, just like, you know, it was just all about this stuff. You know what I mean? Like he just, he just, uh, just all about it. Raphael says, nice man. What about the secret docs you got about Glenn? I don't know what you're referring to Raphael. You got to be more specific about that. In any case, let's get on to cough. Cool. Now ready? So here's what it is. Glenn Danzig was a bit of a poet, is what somebody wrote. Now, this is like a source thing. People can just post this stuff. You know what I mean? This is not, this is just people's interpretations, song meetings. It's a really cool website. I was not familiar with it before, but here's the interpretation of Cough Cool. And again, I invite anybody to comment in the comments. We want to hear from you. We want this to be a conversation, a symposium with Rusty Murdergram and myself, Jeffrey Murdergram. Ready? Glenn Danzig was a bit of a poet when it came to his early lyrics. He likes to paint a picture with his words rather than tell a story. He sets a mood or attempts to pull you, put you in the shoes of a character. Cough Cool is about a town terrorized by a vampire told from the perspective of the vampire. Now, how much would you want Verotic to do like a free verse Cough Cool comic with like, you know, an adaptation of like this vampire story with cough cool. I would like Glenn, yeah. uncle Glenn, what are you doing? Animate stories of your misfits comic book, make misfits comic books in this way of your songs volumes, you know, make 54 volumes. People will buy that. I would buy that. That would be so cool. Uh, and if he doesn't do it, somebody else should. You know, uh, like the Gore editor does, who I collaborated with on his London Dungeon comic. He did a comic, I animated it, and I did a sound design and did a nasally Bobby Steele impression. People actually thought that was Bobby Steele, which was the highest compliment I could have ever received. I just, I, I feel like I need to pat myself on the back for that one. And so I will uh, in, in that kind of way. All right, let's talk about this. So this is about a town terrorized by a vampire, told from the perspective of a vampire. Ready? This street we walk upon, this corner full of piss and fear. Piss and fear are two things predators can smell. I mean, that's such a, a literal definition of the lines. I mean, who knows if he could, if that was what Glenn literally meant. But I love the breakdown. What about what do you think about that? Man, that is that's spot on. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know what else you could say about it, but you know, yeah. I wouldn't have thought that myself, but Never. you know, hearing that or reading it, man, I can't argue with that a bit. Uh, this street won't bear it, bear it long. In other words, bear fruit. It slants, it tilts, it's brought outside alive. And, and what, um, what he believes is a drunkard is thrown in the street, alive prey. So right off the bat, after reading that, like this is a guy making up his own narrative to the lyrics, which is something I don't know about you, Rusty. This is something I do all the time with, with songs, misfits or otherwise. I sometimes, you know, and maybe it's just the way that my brain works. Sometimes I will just think about a movie. Uh Oh, am I freezing? Can you hear me? Am I okay? No. Uh, yeah, you're good. I'm good. Okay. Sometimes I'll just think about a movie um, I'll, I'll make, I'll write a movie in my head to the music that I'm listening to or create a story. And I feel like that's what's happening here. I don't think Glenn actually wrote, uh, I don't think Glenn interpreted that, but I love it. 
let's just roll with it for now because it's cool. So a drunk comes into the street, it slants, it tilts, it's brought outside of life. I mean, it's a great interpretation of that line, right? It, it, otherwise, it's just an abstract line. You know, Frank Black, a.k.a. Black Francis from the Pixies, you know, he gets interviewed about his lyrics all the time. And I truly believe his lyrics do mean something, but he'll always just say the lyrics sounded nice. So I put the lyrics together. It's meaningless alliteration. And I've read his lyrics and analyzed them up and down and found all sorts of symbolic meaning in them. So I don't believe that's true. And I think that maybe there could be a little bit of that here. Maybe cover your face when you walk by drench your visions in darkness. And that's vampires like Dracula pull their capes over their faces to hide from the light or crosses. So cover your face when you walk by drench your visions in darkness and then split spit up blood when you cough. Cool, cool, cool. The bite causes you to cough up blood. Love that. Absolutely love that. We dine on visions with new eyes. Creep, creep, creep. So, which means stalking the dinner with your eyes. We dine on visions with new eyes. I think that almost works except for the new part, but it's interesting. We dine on visions with new eyes, setting your sights on the prey. Um, we cut our visions with two eyes. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Double meaning, uh, uh, the double meaning of eyes as in eye teeth or fangs. We cut our visions with two eyes. It's like the most abstract way of saying a vampire is biting a guy on the neck when you think about it, which really is, man, that's cool. And then this street we walk upon, this corner full of fear, this street we walk upon, this corner full of piss and fear. And once again, it's, and once it's done, the streets go back to normal. So it's a vampire sees someone drunk walking out into the middle of the street, perhaps a deserted street where everybody's really scared. The vampire bites, bites him and yada, yada, yada. I, it does work. What are your thoughts, Rusty Murdergram? I mean, it, you know, it, it works, but you know, maybe this guy, he just, he had this idea and, you know, it's like anything else. You, you can, you could twist the narrative to make it yeah. fit, you know, your, your story. Um, I, I can't really argue too much about it. You know, it sounds plausible. Um, you know, same, same thing with, with Eagles, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things you, you could twist that into making connections into that movie, but you know, again, uh, this is probably one of those deals where it's maybe a personal experience of Glenn's versus, right. or in addition to, you know, something that was inspired out of a comic or a movie, you know, I like I mean, it, you know, there's definitely, I mean, there's definitely that aspect to all of Glenn's songs. There's some sort of personal connection with the stuff that he is writing. I promise I'm going to take a look at the comments um, in a moment, because I see we got a bunch of comments. I just wanted to, another guy says, I guess it's about a gang beating up a guy till he spits and coughs blood. That's a very literal interpretation, I guess, which works. Let's see what the remainder comments are. I always operate under the assumption this song was about the Black Plague. So somebody thought it was about the Black Plague. Interesting. Okay. We got a little cameo from Dolly Parton getting vaccinated. Okay, let's take a look at the comments. We have Peter says, 
My interpretation of cough cool is just Glenn's observation of the streets filled with bums and people dying, coughing up blood. You know, that is also, it's not as cool as the vampire thing, but that is so possible, right? Like that totally works. Misfits had an eye. Okay. I, Jorge, I don't know what you mean by that. You're going to have to be more specific, buddy. Uh, A says, A Hale says, uh, what do we got to do to get a new Misfits album with Glenn, Jerry, and Doyle? You know, I want to do a whole episode on this subject. Uh, it's We've discussed this at nauseum in the past. I'm not going to go into it now because we're on a specific subject. But I really appreciate this comment, and we will return to it at some point in the future. And if you dive back into the older episodes, you will definitely find this topic discussed. Um, Donald says, cough COVID cool. I mean, why the <laughs> hell didn't the Misfits market some masks? Jerry, Uncle Jerry, the, the merch master, what were you thinking not putting cough cool on a mask and just selling boatloads of them to Misfits fans? I mean, God, it's like a no-brainer. Uh, Mom says new eyes as in new vampire life, which is very interesting. There is a Blitzkid song called The Awakening which is about waking up and becoming a vampire. Uh, and so that kind of ties into that. That's kind of cool. Candy Kane says, hey, guys, got here late. YouTube didn't alert me yet again. YouTube. Gosh darn it, YouTube. Uh, I'm sorry. I don't know what to tell you. If you follow the Facebook page, the Lodi Facebook page, you can see I always post every day. I'm very bad about times. But I always post when we when a show is imminent and or oh we're live right now come and join us. Um, Rue Morg says I agree with Peter. That's how I see the streets now and growing up in Jersey. There you go. Uh, Raphael says maybe cough cool is about how trying to wear a how we try to wear a mask out of fear and sickness behind a cool facade. It's a, it is but a thin veil. We have seen too much to hide these things. Well, you know, I got to tell you, man, winner, winner, chicken dinner. Yeah, I, I love like the vampire angle. Yeah, I think you, I think you might be right. When I think about what Glenn was trying to write about, I think you're onto that. I think you're onto something. It, it, it's a, it's about uh, symbolic masks that we wear, wear, but it's nothing but a thin, thin veil. And, you know, you're trying to play it cool, but you're coughing all the time, you know? Um, Jorge says, Misfits influenced Iron Maiden in the 90s. Blaze Bailey, Maiden third vocalist, had thick, heavy sideburns and dressed in all black with boots, imitating Glenn. So there you go. Just just aping on Glenn's gig. You know what I mean? Sounds, Candy Cane says, sounds also like shooting up, possibly heroin, and the chest infections that follow. Good that's a good point. That did not consider that. Um, and New York City. Um, Pat says, streets of Lodi in the areas they grew up had its gangs and some mean people. Uh, Pat would know as he is directly from Lodi. He is a good qualifier for that. You had to fight to survive. Magnon says... Uh, a decadent vision of the streets. Hello from Brazil. Hello! How you doing? Thank you for joining us from Brazil. Wonderful to have you. We love, I love the international crew. It's great. Raphael says, nowadays you can see the man smiles and shit, but back in the day, he just hid in everything. Good point, Raphael. And 
something that I think might be in Portuguese. Uh, that Raphael is saying <laughs> somebody else. I'm not sure, but thank you. Uh, all right, let's move on now to another song. So let's go for some low-hanging fruit here. Let's talk about some songs that I previously, this one is kind of a no-brainer, but I, at the time when I discovered this, I'm just doing this for the sake of being completionist. I've actually talked about this twice before, but I, just because it's we're on the, the subject, I might as well talk about it. So we have, ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum, ba-da-bum. I think this is taken, right. This is taken from, you know, um, what's it called? This is taken from this comic book, Dagger. Mm-hmm. Dagger Love says, Lodi hardly had gangs, but it was like outsiders, the jocks and the burnouts. I could, I could understand that. Um, or at least coming, looking at the gangs from that perspective. I don't, I honestly don't know. I did not grow up in Lodi in the seventies. It sounds like Dagger has some familiarity with the area. In addition to Pat, you guys can work that out in the comments. Um, Blaze Bailey is a chump. He couldn't hold Glenn's jockstrap. My least favorite Maiden vocalist. I know nothing about Iron Maiden apart from Run to the Hills and Fear of the Dark, which are two great Maiden songs. But yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. With these, with these. Bless you. Thank you. Tales to Astonish. I believe this is Tales to Astonish. Um, am I right about that, Rusty? Do you know? I, I don't know. And I can't see it from here. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's uh, all so right. I'm looking at a comic book. I turned into a Martian. Yeah. And as you can see, it's got, you know, you got your half Martian, half human. And, you know, there is a movie called, I think there's also, oh, there's a Ray Bradbury story that Misfit Central always cites as the inspiration. And I think it could have been both. I think it could have been the comic book. And I think it could have been the Ray Bradbury story, something about gold, gold in the eye or something, uh, which is about a Martian inhabiting a human or maybe this this subject matter is based on that story but basically without getting into uh you know just an overview it's a guy lands on a on a uh you know man had taken a giant step into space when i became uh the first person to land on mars and if, what's funny is he's he's walking around on mars he's not even wearing a spacesuit. he's just like you know because it's like that you know i don't know when this comic came out but it was it, it must have been before 1969 or even before space travel, maybe it's from the fifties, maybe it's from the early fifties and I don't know, tales to astonish. Maybe it's from the early sixties, right? Because didn't tales, tales to astonish also have the origin of the incredible Hulk. And I know Glenn Danza could answer that for us. Cause he's such a comic. He's a c- professor of comicology. Um, and it's basically a, a rock turns into a Martian and then attacks the guy. He runs back to his spaceship and it's, one of those scenarios where the spaceship is standing upright, you know, like in the old school, like the spaceship doesn't land horizontally. It lands standing up because people right, thought, right. people thought that uh, <laughs> that's how spaceships worked. And, you know, he walks himself into a spaceship, but of course the monster, the, the, the Martian is in there with him and they, they jump. He, he takes back off to go back to earth. And just when he thinks he's safe, the Martian comes out of nowhere and they switch Bodies. I must be going mad. Somehow, uh, that stalking apparition is turning into me, and I and he—he's making me change into him. I can feel it. My body is taking the shape of a Martian, and I think that's obviously the jump-off point for the song. Possession of a mind is a terrible thing. It's a transformation of an urge to kill, not the body of a man from Earth. You know, 
not the face of the one yeah. you love, because uh, it purposely attacked me on Mars to drive me back to the ship, so I could switch, so it could switch identities with me. But why? Why would it have? Why has my body turned into a Martian's while my brain is still my own? Uh, the major power switch. I'll blow out the rockets. The ship will be stranded in space until I can think of something. At least it will keep him from reaching Earth. Get back, get back. I am in command now. That's the Martian in the body of the of the guy. And how did he know what I intended to do? It's uncanny. Wait, I'm many times as strong as he now. I'll overpower him. They, they always do these thought bubbles in the thing. He, he says, you waste your time. Although you now have my body, I still, I still control it. You are helpless. Nothing can stop me. When I reach your home planet Earth, nothing... Uh, None will suspect it is I who am the Martian. He says, I am powerless to attack him. I see it now. He communicates by mental telepathy. He controls me by the amazing power of his mind. Dun, dun, dun. So he returns ba, ba, ba. to Earth to applause. Uh, I was helpless in every second. And what's so cool about these old comics is they're like six pages. They're like so short. Um, a lot of the creepy comics are like this, you know, Uncle Creepy, Creepy Comics. Um, just short, really short, fun stories. Um, he goes, who knows what he plans to do when we land? Um, and so he wants to become the master of all Earth, the, the Martian hiding out as the human. Uh, he goes, there's the spaceport. It's really crowded. Wait, that's strange. Oh, no, it's impossible. What is he thinking, and he goes out of the spaceship, the Martian does, disguised in my body, rushing out frantically, charging at the waiting crowd, firing. He's blasting at them like a madman. And then a woman goes, he's gone space crazy. And someone <laughs> goes, somebody stop him before he kills someone. Uh, and then, look, it's all over. The police shot him. He's finished. So he died by cop out, as they call it, or suicide by cop, basically, uh -huh. the Martian did. Uh, and then the, our narrator says, my gamble had worked. I knew the Martian was reading my thoughts. And so when I looked out the viewplate and saw the crowd, I forced myself to think that all the earthlings were unarmed and that the Martian could take over the whole landing field by a daring attack. He didn't think to question me. And so he met his end. Earth was saved. If he had stayed in his own body, he might have been indestructible, but he outsmarted himself and now that he is dead his power over me is gone i'm returning to my own body i can warn earth we have won we have won the end so i feel like this is a great jumping off point for the song which is let's go back to the misfits for a second i'll just go up here let's see what other people say guys i see all the comments i'm going to get to them please understand i'm going back and forth here um the where is I turned into a Martian? I've talked about previously how much I love this song and what it means to me. Um, I'm not going to get into it now, but I just love it. Oh, go possession of the mind is a terrible thing, it's a transformation with an urge to kill. So, there's a transformation you possess possession of the mind, there's a transformation urge to kill, just like the comic book, not yep. the body of the man from Earth, but he's doing it from the perspective of the Martian. Not the face of the one you love, cuz. So he's writing from the perspective of the Martian possessing the guy. Well, I turned into a Martian. I can't even recall my name. Time, so it's almost as if the Martian is land on Earth. Times I hardly sleep at night. Well, I turned into a Martian today. I walk down SETI streets on an unsuspecting human world. 
inhuman in this in your midst. This world is mine to own. So the the song also talks about world domination, um, and that's basically it. And, and we get the whoa whoa woes, which is just the best. <laughs> and let's see let's see what we have here. If there's any other hot takes uh, that are apart about that, although I know the misfits don't write songs pertaining to their personal lives. Most of all, of the material is horror fiction. However, Danzig indulged in drugs in his early youth. The song may be reference to that time in his life where he felt like a Martian from doing drugs and alcohol. I don't think so at all. The reference to sometimes I never sleep at night fits him. Maybe, I don't know. Uh, drugs yeah. mess with your mind. Especially No, no, I think it's the totally the comic. He's writing about like being an, an, an alien or feeling like an alien on planet Earth and secretly wanting to take over the world. Someone said the song may have been influenced by the Ray Bradbury story, Dark They Were and Golden Eyed. That's from Misfit Central. Um, First song I heard, blah, blah, blah. Oh, yeah. Two Minutos does a great version of I Turn Into a Martian. I know that cover. Great cover. That's good for your group, Rusty. That's a great great cover. Um, Someone says it's about puberty. That's interesting. (laughs) That is a good one. I turned um, into an omelet. <laughs> I turned into an omelet of disease with a mouthful of germicide. Someone says a metaphor for blossoming into a beautiful young punk, inhuman in your midst, is self-explanatory. Can't remember my name, meaning the loss of an identity recognized by society. Not a bad, not a bad take. I don't think it's the right one. Um, someone says this song should have been used in District Nine, and I have to agree. Like. For anybody who doesn't know, a guy turns into an alien, and it just would spoilers, <laughs> and it just would have worked. Yeah. It would have been cool. Um, I think I think this one is is one of the you know uh, very superficial. You know, it, you should take it at face value. You know, it's like you're saying with the comic. It, I mean, I don't yeah. I don't think there's some kind of secretive meaning behind it. It seems pretty straightforward to me. Yeah, I think it's pretty straightforward. Although I still like to look at these people oh, yeah. come up with interesting things. But yes, you're, you're right. You're right. It's pretty straightforward. Um, someone says it was inspired by Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Uh, no, but I guess no. Uh, and then someone said it's about insanity or sociopathy. Unsuspecting urges. Everything is different. Your own body, face, and name feel like that of something else. You can no longer sleep. The world is unsuspecting. They have no idea what goes through your mind. Once you acquiesce figuratively, the world is yours to own. I like that a lot. I think that fits in with maybe, maybe if you asked Glenn that, he'd be like, no, it's not what it's about. It's about violence. But like, you know, he's just like, (laughs) (laughs) no, but like, he might be like, maybe that might've been like the point of view that he was taking with the comic, but it's interesting nonetheless and for that i like that i want to move on to the next one we're gonna well first let's go to the comments about they i turned into a martian all right it seems people are enjoying uh doing it like this It's fun um 100 so pat agrees that lodi had gangs but it was like the outsiders the jocks and the burnouts a Hale says yeah we already talked about the the chump um okay you were asking donald is asking if it is from tales to, the, to astonish he wasn't saying it was so i don't know i don't know um what's up ill message glad you decided to join us uh times i never hardly sleep at night never had a clue um donald says he's got the reprint and that he remembers the art yeah man it's great art i I love it it's a great little comic um 
Peter says, my favorite part about the Iron Maiden, about Iron Maiden is when Sharon Osbourne paid people to throw eggs at them during Ozfest. I didn't realize that Maiden was hated the, so much. Um, Donald says this is from the early 60s, this comic. Um, and Ill Message is from Vegas, and he's saying, what's up? What's up, Ill? This is Steve Dicko art. Okay, there you go. And Glenn was a huge fan of Steve Dicko. So that makes a lot of sense. As For those of you who don't know, we did a whole episode on Glenn dancing and comic books. And Glenn, in, 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 his, in his private life or in a separate part of his life, is an art dealer. And what does he deal that is art? Comic book art. And he makes vast investment purchases and sells art for lots of money. So um, A. Hale says... You think Martian could have been inspired by the DC comic, uh, DC character Martian Manhunter? I don't, man. I think it was inspired by this comic. I think the comic is ground zero for the inspiration where this everything comes from. Um, Paul Seacrest. Wow, Paul, you're joining us. Paul comments and watches lots of videos here on the Frumis channel, and it's cool to have him in the house. He says, Cough Cool sounds like a street fighting song about watching your back and just looking tough. Cool. I, I, I respect that. I appreciate that. Um, Peter says, Glenn was so creative, he could take a fragment of pulp magazines, then turn it into something completely different with his own life experiences. That's something Misfits 95 can never do. And I just want to like hark in on this. And I'm sure Rusty agrees with me a little bit in the sense that when Jerry brought the band back, you know, the secret sauce was Glenn Danzig and Glenn Danzig's songwriting and lyrics. And so when Jerry brought it back, I go, all right, guys, we're going to write a song about Walk Among Us. So let's do it. About the movie. Uh, or no, no, no. Sorry. This Island Earth. Let's write a song about This Island Earth. And then he writes a song about This Island Earth. Let's write a song about Mars Attacks. The song is literally about Mars Attacks trading cards. You know, like these things are very literal interpretations of of horror movies, which is then something that every single horror punk band would do afterwards. They would literally write every, you know, title of a song. It's just a horror movie. Matter of fact, there's a band out there called Silent Horror, and that's literally what they do. That is their niche. And not knocking it or anything, just saying that's that's literally what they like to do. They take songs, the titles of the songs, and they write about them. And that's all it is. And people love that in this community, in this horror punk community, they love that stuff. They're they're very b beloved band for doing that. Um, yeah, but I always felt like that stuff that, you know, when, when Jerry brought it back, they basically just, you know, turned and said, Hey, let's, what does this say on the back of the, the video right. cassette, you know, and let's right. just, I mean, it, it didn't seem creative at all to me. Um, and some of their hooks were, you know, like the, uh, you know, what would you say, you know, the catchphrases in the movie, and it's just, I don't know. It, right. it was disappointing. I, I will say that. So I agree with you totally on that. And that's not to say I don't like, like, I love that song, Black, what is it, Blacklight is a great song. I like Resurrection. I like all, the, I like From uh, from Hell They Came. I, lo I love The Hunger. I like those songs. Uh-oh, did you just freeze? I can't hear you. You are frozen to me. Um, yeah, I don't know what's going on with you. 
the timer is still ticking, man. So it must just be you. I was going to say, maybe until you get back, I'll just, uh, I'll say, you know, at some point um, I did explore the whole idea of, uh, you know, what, what, uh, what was he writing about? You know, was he actually writing about, uh, I think we all know this one. Whoops. There we go. You know, was this the inspiration for we are one thirty eight? Yeah, uh, we're back. There you go. There you go. There I am. Okay. Damn. I'm, did we still, did we lose people? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I, I the don't timer know. still says the, the timer was still running, man. I All right. Just, just chatting away, you know? Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. We still retained most of the people. Wow. I'm amazed. Yeah. Thank you guys for sticking around. If that ever happens, you just know, just hang in there. Pat, keep your powder dry. By the way, if you're just joining us for the first time, please like, subscribe, leave a comment. Uh, that great ways to support the channel. Please help the channel to grow. We need subscribers. So like, smash that like button, smash that subscribe button, like every YouTuber says. Um, so yeah, thank you for sticking around. Uh, yes, the Martians did get me. I just saw a comment there. Wait, what were we talking <laughs> about right before all that happened? Oh, we were talking about, uh, I, yeah, I like all those. I like those songs. They're not, they're not bad songs, but you know, they're just different. Let me get finished getting to these comments. Um, we, yeah, we ended at Peter's comment here. Uh, Donald says pretty superhero Marvel comics are effing sweet. Any alien, uh, excuse me, uh, any alien fifties flick. Okay. Candy Kane says, thanks for this to talk about what these songs could possibly mean. Comics, movies, conspiracy, real life, etc. I have no one in real life where I live to talk about this stuff with. Unfortunately, you're awesome. Hey, Candy Kane, thank you so much for tuning in. And I appreciate that. Please make sure to stay subscribed because we do this every week. And yes, that's the best part about doing the show. I love, it's like, you know, it's just an extension of a Facebook group or like, you know, we can come together and, you know, we're, we're nerds here. We just nerd out about this stuff. Um, I love this comment, Pat. Pat says the whole album to me is a story. I love that, Pat. Love that. And, you know, do uh, is it is it a concept album? I don't think so, but I love that that idea. The only the closest thing to a concept album that the Misfits I think had is Earth AD. I think it was Alex Story in his interview that I did with him. He mentioned that Earth AD is like one long song in nine parts, and that it's about like descending into hell in some or something like that, like apocalypse and then descending to hell. And I just thought it was so, I thought he was so spot on about that, even though that's obviously not true. That's not the case, but like the album cover, you look at the earth AD art that's behind rusty Murdergram's head and you just go, that is it's, it's, it's earth AD. It's earth after doomsday. That's what this album is about. And that's what these songs are about. Yes, there is a queen wasp that comes up from hell. So there's a whole song about queen wasps. Yes, there are hellhounds. Yes, I got a hellhound. It's yada, yada, yada. Uh, and it ends with transforming into a werewolf, obviously. <laughs> um, all has its ties. Just can't figure it out. No surprise. Donald says he took the title from a comic and wove his, no his own narrative around it. That's exactly right. Um, Candy Kane says, I agree with the invasion of the body snatchers influence as well as the other things people said about the dude growing up punk at the time. Um, I, you know, I don't think it's, I gotta, I gotta be honest with you. I gotta disagree with this, this invasion of the body snatchers narrative. 
it kind of works. It that you know what I think that theme weaves in, but I still stand by the fact that I think the source material is the is this comic. Um, we are. Should I read this in all caps since it's written in all caps by Ballad of the Broken? What is Theme of a Jackal about? And then again, what is Theme of a Jackal about? Two times. We're going to talk about that in a second. That's our next song, actually. Pat says, transformation from his former self into a, his new persona through punk. That, that also feels pretty spot on. Um, Ballad of the Broken is so dead set about talking for, about Theme, theme for a, from a Jackal. For a Jackal in the Doorway, Spinal Remains seem to be the most obscure songs to me because there's no direct reference to a film or horror, horror icon or magazine. Ballad, there are a lot of songs that don't directly reference a film or a horror icon or a magazine. It's not just those songs. Um, uh, blah, blah, blah. Pete says, all these horror punk bands ride Glenn's coattail. I mean, you know, to an extent, yeah. You know, it's kind of, I think it is kind of lame to be in a horror punk band and be like, oh yeah, we're totally not influenced by the most. That's like, like, what are you doing with yourself? Like, like that's clown, that's a clown shoes comment to make. You know, um, Candy Kane says, I personally think American Psycho is a concept album. All right, Candy, go ahead. Uh, tell us why. Why is it a concept album? I'd love to hear it. We whether we agree or not, let us know in the comments why you think that is. Pat, I, I did freeze and I'm so glad everybody stuck stuck together, stuck in, always just hang in there. Uh, it's such a pain in the ass to restart the show. So we like, wait, yeah, the Martians got me. Um, why would Out we... of curiosity, did, did, um, did, did I freeze when you froze? Can, can no, no, you comments... did not. Okay. Nope. Nope. Very you did cool. not. Um, your comments are out of order or maybe I'm just doing them out of order. Unfortunately, candy cane, uh, a hail Jerry's bass tone and earth. AD is friggin' sick. I don't know, man. It just it all sounds like mud to me. But yeah, I, if, if we could only get like a remix, it would be really love to hear what Jerry's ba what Jerry is doing there. But again, I don't have a musician's ear, so maybe you hear some tones that I don't hear. Um, I'm kind of tone deaf to bass sounds mm -hmm. to begin with. Uh, Donald says, "Twisted tales about pop culture history." That's exactly right. That's where the song "Hollywood Babylon" is all about which is literally the title of Kenneth Anger's book, Hollywood Babylon. Um, no, Jerry's bass tone is terrible. <laughs> this is Jerry's bass tone. As we heard, you know what? You know, by the way, I want to apologize to everybody for sticking around after last week's episode because we were watching the last show, and I guess the noise, I thought you guys could all hear the music that was playing. You guys couldn't hear it. I, I play, played it back just to see hear what it sounded like you none of you heard what i was listening to which sucked because i was just like you know <laughs> i'm just here it was, man i had so much fun we got to listen to some more of those live shows those are those are a lot of fun but yeah jerry's bass tone this is jerry's bass tone. <laughs> there's over and over and over again pod knows i'm not pod i'm not i'm not sure that earth ad would sound as good with any other guitar tone that that yes rash kind of mid-rangey just yes i don't know it's like white noise or something man it's just that to me that helps make that album you're so right dagger says it's because he stopped playing with a pick that's true right around that and that was also again super sidetrack super quick sidetrack bobby Steele leaves the band 
Doyle joins the band as a, as a rhythm player, not as play, not as a lead player, not, with no finesse. And then what does Jerry do? He stops plucking his strings. What does he do? <laughs> There's a video of them from 2003 with like Dez in the band, and they're doing it's Dez Robo and Jerry. They're doing Die Die My Darling, and you just see Jerry's hand, and it's like in the when I look at Jerry's hand hitting the strings, it's like an extension of how Jerry talks. Like, ah, hey, hey, for the kids, for the kids. And this is like Jerry's hand when he does it. You know, just like, just, just, just crazy, you know. Um, but I love it, you know, at the same time, because it's just Uncle Jerry being Uncle Jerry. Pat says, Jerry's bass sound like a 69 Chevrolet with cherry bombs. I like that. I like that. Um, Ballad says, Glenn's and a, best. And a cam in it. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, Ballad says Glenn's best live vocals during the Misfits are on Max's Kansas City 1978. I would I would agree and I would disagree with that statement, actually. I would say I, I would disagree with that statement is all I'm going to say about that. I would disagree with that. Um, he slaps the strings. <laughs> he abuses those strings. He, You know what he does? He takes a hat pin sticks it in the retina of those bass strings and embosoms all of its past. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on guys. Let's move on to another song. All right. Do you want, let's do theme. Hold on. Before we do that, we got to do TV casualty because I made my, I made a discovery. I made a discovery. You guys, um, I discovered this about TV casualty. So in creepy, um, you know what? Rusty, fill the dead air for one second while I see if I can find the book. Just talk. Oh, well, you know, how about I write a misfit song right now? Let's, let's just uh, look at the back of one of these uh, video cassettes. Great. Put me on the spot, buddy. You guys seen this one? Here we go. Probably know about the rat, bat, spider. Here we go. Pretty cool. I uh, I have something else, and I don't know if Jeff can hear me now, but um, I, I have something else that I want to share with you in just a moment, Jeff. Well, after you <laughs> after you get done with your karate, oh, there you go. Uh, I have something I want to share with you uh, in a little bit. It's about another song that we've not touched on, but I will have to excuse myself as you just did and go get the material. But um, you do that. You do that. I'm going to talk about. I'm going to. I'm going to fill the dead air while you do that, and then we'll do. We'll do TV casual. How, how long are you going to be? Are you going to be? Oh a no, 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 no. You you go ahead. You go ahead first. Um, there'll be another time for me. I want to hear this, and I want to hear. Oh, you want to hear this, and then all right, and then I'll <laughs> fill in the dead air. I'll go through comments, and you can go run and get your thing. I want to hear yeah, what 30. yours is too. Okay. Okay. So this. All right, guys. I hope I don't freeze when I do this again. Ah! I hope I don't freeze. Hope I don't freeze. Hope I don't freeze. Hope I don't freeze like ass crease. Okay. All right, there we go. So I don't know if you can see this. This is from Creepy Magazine, and it was published between 1971 and 1978. And I'm reading just – I bought this volume. You know, you get those big hardcover thick volumes of, like, horror horror comic books like Tales from the Crypt or Shock yeah. Suspense Stories. So I, there's Creepy Magazine that Glenn most certainly read. And he, what is it? What is the, the, the bubble? The, what is the, what are they saying here right now? Uh, he's saying, wait, this is the last. Uh Oh, Oh no. Damn. 
you know what? I screwed it up, you guys. I messed this up. Hold on. Hold on. So basically, it's from this. It's from a comic book, and I'm reading this comic book randomly. Reading this comic book when I see this thing that blew my mind. I wrote here. I wrote TV casualties, secret origins. I said, "All right, ready." Here's what I wrote at the time, and I've talked about this once before, but we've never talked about it in this kind of way. TV casualty, secret origins. I wrote, could this be the inspirational origin of the static age song TV casualty? Okay, fiends, it's a it's about to get seriously nerdy for a minute. Um, I recently acquired this gorgeous omnibus, uh, omnibus-like collection of Richard, it was Richard Corbin's work. Collected stories and illustrations from the horror comics Creepy and Eerie from the 1970s. Both magazines are sort of descendants of the anthology horror comics like the EC ones from the 50s, i.e. Tales from the Crypt, Shock Suspense Stories, and Haunt of Fear. One of the stories is called The Slipped Mickey from Creepy Number 54. Could these panels be the impetus for lyrics like Please Don't Feed My Television Stream? More of a stretch is the last panel with the dog being buried, having something to do with TV brands grazing at your grave. Still, according to the collection, creepy issued number fifth, uh, creepy issue number 54 was published between 1970 and 1979. It is very possible for me to imagine a young Glenn reading this and then using it as inspiration to create Charles Bukowski beat poetry set to music. Another comic reference in the same song refers to Prince Namor from Marvel. I wish they put Prince Namor on the tube. Hold on. I think I have to puke. What do you think? And then there's a link here to buy it. If you want to buy the the, the thing, which you should totally check out and support because it's just awesome stuff here. I'll put that link in the comments for anybody. If anybody's interested in purchasing this sort of thing, I promise I'll go to the comments when Rusty Murdergram goes to get its thing. There you go. If you want to purchase this omnibus and check out what we're talking about in flesh, you could do so right there. So here's what is being said in the thing. Ready? Don't pay attention to anything. They're just talking the panels. Let me see what the blah, 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 blah. Um, master, 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 master. I did as you said. I fed the hot dogs to the television set, even though it wasn't hungry. And I had to cut my hands. You did well, Hugo. And it displeases me, which earns you a reward. And then the next panel is, this is progress rather, uh, this is all progressing rather well, I think, but I don't take my word for granted. I'm demented. Have I introduced myself yet? I have. In that case, my name is Mr. Dement. Fine. Thank you. Oh, what is it, Hugo? Master, master, ran out of hot dogs to feed the television set. So he's talking about feeding the television set. This is a running theme. And then this happens. Remember Betty, Nugent's wife? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You've got it now, idiots. Well, anyway, he's he's narrating this. I see her stomach's feeling better, but then again, the click, the click licks no chauvinist. I'll treat her just as I treated her husband. She's, and she's saying, "Wonder what's got ha- gotten into Howard, but I can't be, I can't quite be certain. But he seemed to be actually a trifle odd. Oh boy, what a treat it's going to be. So the TV set sprouts a mouth with sharp teeth as you can see here and and then someone says i knew it i knew it hugo you're a genius it's all gonna come off superbly superbly my hunchbacked lackey i wonder what's on the tube 
have to replace that screen one of these days. It's getting a little worn, but it's like a mouth full of sharp teeth, right? <laughs> she, and then she's going, and he's going, yes, sir, Hugo, you're a despised genius, but it's on the brink of insanity. So that's cool. I don't even know what's happening in the story, but she goes, hum, dum, da, da, adjust the old color knob here. And, and then all of a sudden, the television turns into a monster with a big TV-shaped mouth. The television is starved, Hugo. <laughs> and the television chomps down and bites her head. Serves her right. She gave old hubby Nugent advice on my case when he was treating me. Madness makes for strange bedfellows. So the TV eats her. And then, what else here? So then, yes, the dog. It's going to eat the dog. But it's basically this TV that eats things. So it's like, please don't feed my television screen, you know. Uh, and then at the very end, the dog gets sucked down by the uh, television screen, which was buried or something. And then, you know, there's a grave. Now, you know, yeah, it's kind of like a far, it's a bit of a jump in some instances. But the idea of the feed, the line feeding my television screen or feed feeding hot dogs to the TV it just seems like a demented concept. Ran out of hot dogs to feed the television. It seems like a demented concept that Glenn would capitalize on. And then when you think about Zeniths grazing at your grave, Jaguars grazing at your grave, the idea, the word grazing means to feed. So it, the TVs are eating probably your dead remains. So that's what, it, that's what the interpretation of that is. Um, thoughts, questions, concerns? concepts rusty anything i like it i like it man it's 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 like all the others so far you know there's there's that one nugget or that one little thread or whatever and uh you know i mean he he could have liked that 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 one part like you were saying and then just sort of you know i don't know took some liberties with the rest of it you know um i i think it's it's highly plausible um and then you go to the actual song real quick and it says I mean, it's, you know what it is? It's like you said, the nugget is a jump off point for him to then write a whole song. So the song springs forth from the nugget. So perhaps this, he's reading that comic book and he's like, you know, the first two songs on Static Age are sort of a commentary about TV. We're all blue from projection tubes. My my eyeballs absorb only blue filtered light. And so it's this idea of this unhealthy relationship with TV and then which turns into a TV eating you. Please don't feed my television screen or that you are a sacrifice for the TV God, you know? Um, And he's talking, he's injecting Prince Namor. I wish they'd put Prince Namor on the tube, meaning there was a series, there was a cartoon series um, with Prince Namor where it was the type of animation where everything's like still and then just the lips move. Uh, one of those types of uh, jobs. And, yeah. um, you know, it's a request. I wish they'd put Prince Namor on the tube. Hold on. I think I have to puke. There's a spot in the corner where I always go. I like to feed the flies that I know. But I, you know what's funny? I ne- I've read, I've said that line a thousand times and I've never, ever, ever thought to connect that line to that line. Hold on. I think I have to puke. That's just, I think that's just, you know, he's like, I need another line. What is it? Hold on. I think I have to puke. I don't think there's anything deep about that, but I never connected. Hold on. I think I have to puke. There's a spot in the corner where I always go, meaning he's going to go puke in the corner. 
and that he likes to feed the flies that he knows with the puke. I never, ever, in all my years of listening to the song, ever thought about that until just now. He's saying there's a spot. He saves a special spot in the corner where he always go because he likes to feed the flies he knows with his vomit. But please don't feed my tele... Ah, now what's interesting is the next line is, but please don't feed my television screen. Please don't feed my television screen. So he likes to feed the flies that he knows with his vomit, but don't feed my television screen because maybe it's the television will come and eat you. You'll become a TV casualty. Hey. Oh, shit. I like it. I like it. it. We cracked it wide open. <laughs> and then and then there's this whole line here, which is one of my favorite, probably one of my favorite Glenn Danzig verses that he's ever written. Like if you say, Jeff, tomorrow, Jeff, what's your favorite Glenn Danzig verse? It's this one right here. Babies in prison, they call it a womb. Nine months the sentence, no parole. Slivers of steel stuck in your lungs. Breathe deep. We need a donor for blood. What are the slivers of steel that would be stuck in your lungs? Is that connected to the baby, um, you know, the, the baby in jail? I don't know. I, I, I was never able to make any connection with that unless they're, I don't know, maybe a lung brush or something. But still, there's no connection to the to the baby, you know, or pregnancy. I I, I couldn't make I, any. I don't know. But, you know. It's uh, if I'd love to hear anybody, guys, I'd see all the comments line stacked up. We're going to go through them. I'd love for anybody to weigh in on that. And then lastly, Jaguars, Cadillacs, Zenith, and Sony's. These are TV brands grazing at your grave. And what does grazing mean? Let's see what grazing at your grave. Look up grazing. Grazing means, hold on, it's searching. Grazing, grassland suitable for pasturage. Uh, eat grass in a field. So the TVs are either in an open field grazing on top of your grave. You've become a TV casualty and now you're, but you know what it is saying maybe is your babies in prison. They call them. So it's like you're born. hmm, Oh, oh, okay. Wait a minute. Breathe deep. We need a donor for blood is somehow connected to the idea of TV casualty. We need donors to become T we need to donate people to become TV casualties. And I don't know, something about birth and death. I don't know. Maybe the Um, breathing is not literally breathing, but like, you know, taking in the TV, you know, breathe deep, breathe, you know, like uh, slivers of steel stuck in your lungs. Maybe is that from maybe like the TV is consuming you. It's biting on you. The the slivers of steel are getting stuck in your lungs. Breathe deep. We need a donor for blood. I don't know. But in any case, it, I love these two verses. I also love, I wish they put Prince Amor on the tube. Hold on, I think I have to puke. There's a spot in the corner where I always go. I like to feel, I just love, I love this song. It's a great friggin' song. Obviously, you felt the connection to the song because you named your website after it. Yeah, yeah, I really like That's Again, that's one of the earlier ones that uh, I'd heard. And also, it had just sort of a nice rhythm to the name, tvgradually.com. Right. You know, um, this... Uh, talking about these lyrics brings up um i've had this thought i wonder you know there's that story about um devil's whorehouse and uh, something about it's time for midnight masses and and jerry thought that's what glenn was saying and glenn's like right. oh yeah that's cool and he, you know yeah, yeah, yeah whether or not all that's that true story. um 
I, I was listening to some uh, of the demos of uh, Metallica's Justice for All. Yeah. And James Hetfield is just, you know, they're playing the song and the song sounds like fleshed out and perfect. But Hetfield is just going like, yeah, 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 ba, 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 ba. He's just sort of making noise, you right. know, to fit, yeah, you know. Yeah, right, he wants know. to make it fit. Yeah. Right. And so I wonder if, you know, at times Glenn didn't do something very similar and just, you know, like, yeah, okay, I've got this line. Now I'm missing a line. What what's going to rhyme? Hey, hey, hey. Oh, hey, this sort of works. And it just it doesn't really, uh, you know, it, it's not there's not a, a hard connection to the material that he's writing about. But it's just sort of, hey, it fits. It sounds funny. It's catchy. And, you know, let, let's use it. This is the this is literally <laughs> that is literally what I was just saying about Black Francis and the Pixies and like this idea of like, I live cement. I hate this street. Give dirt to me. You know, caribou, caribou, repent, repent, knife me, yeah. let, let me knife. It, he's like, it just sounds pretty. So I sang it. You know what I mean? Same concept. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. It's very possible. And especially because they're early songs, especially because I think that the earlier songs are an attempt by Glenn's, in Glenn's writing style to be more, he's trying to be more abstract, I think, than in later songs, he's more literal. But in early songs, maybe the last three years, he's a little bit more literal. But in those first three years, he is so abstract in some of the things that he's writing about and saying. And yeah. I think TV Casualty is a proof of that. I'm going to go do the comments. Run, run and get your material for, for, the, for the thing, okay? Okay, dope. And, and we, we, will, we will move on. Let's, let me go. Guys, I'm going back up to the top where I – these comments left off. He uh, slaps this. Show the poster behind me. Which one? Peter, are you referring to this bullet poster right here? Is that the one you want to see? Ah, that poster right next to my Nicolas Cage pinata? Is that is that what you're referring to? The the Rotold poster in the back? You, you let me know which one you're speaking of. I don't know which one you mean. Um, Jeff Lee says, Day of the Jackal is based on the 1973 movie about terrorist Carlos the Jackal. That's And then it was remade with Bruce Willis in 1998 Raphael says is that the monster on the walk among us cover i don't know what you're referring to specifically but that's the rat bat spider from the angry red planet that's on the cover and there is a band called rat bat spider which definitely took their name not from angry red planet but from knowing that that was on the walk among us like, that's a cool name oh there you go rat bat spider rules <laughs> i literally was saying that um Donald says, Creepy, Eerie, and Vampirella, published by Warren, that did famous monsters. They were everywhere in the 70s. Wow, Donald knows his comic book stuff. He's, he's well-versed. Uh, Peter says, TV casualty is about people's addiction to TV, but I'm sure he could have tied it into the Creepy Magazine as well. Yeah, I think that's overall, I think the Creepy Magazine might have been a, ju a jump-off point, an inspiration but I think that the theme there, definitely, you're so right, Pete. TV casualty is about people's addictions to TV. Um, Peter says, kind of like people's addictions to cell phones today. Exactly. I am a cell phone junkie. Uh, I, 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 my name is Jeff, and I'm a cell phone junkie. Um, 
Ill message says, Glenn now lives in Lucy's old house in Los Feliz, I believe. Speaking of TGV Capture, that's right. Because I Love Lucy, the intro plays, the outro in, in and out in the, the static fuzz. And he that is true. He does, he does live there. Pat says, the dawn of television era growing and it taking the lives of the youth, hence the TV casualty. Pat, I love that. Pat, that's great. Really, really great. Good. Well done, sir. Raphael says he put the wow, he's selling the Los Feliz house. Is that the wait? Is that the I Love Lucy house or is that the Bricks, the original Bricks house? I don't know which one you're referring to. Dagger says it's like maximum overdrive. The machines come alive and we die and they live. I mean, that's another that definitely another way to look at it. Donald says all those movies he watched on Creature Feature addicted like I was. Me, man. Me too. Um, Ballad of the Broken says, babies in prison. They call it a womb. Nine months since no parole. It's so funny to me. Yeah, dude, I love this line. I just think it's so, it's just so awesome. And, you know, I, despite not being a musician, I've definitely written songs. I just do it. I can't explain it. And I always write it from a melody. I can't write like instrumental parts. So I write melodies with the lyrics. And the lyrics, I always try to sound like Glenn Danzig writing on static age when I write lyrics, I always go for that. I always think about this line, babies in prison, like, like trying to think in that kind of abstract way. Cause I just think it's really freaking cool. Um, Donald, uh, Donald says Marvel superheroes have arrived. Uh, binging on soda and junk food, watching TV. Very true. Pod says he is the TV needing your blood. I like that. Didn't think about that. That's fun. Paul Seacrest, TVs brainwash people were sacrifices to the corporate world and consumerism. Totally possible themes. Um, Donald says, being consumed by the monster culture he consumed. Yes. Will, uh, will Manny, other early bandmates, ever be allowed to release any of the footage of early rehearsals and concerts? Man, I really hope so. I really want that to happen. Um, I've gotten to listen to some of that stuff and see some of that stuff and it's phenomenal. And it's a very, a lot of red tape because you have three different things going on. One, you know, if it's a video, if it's visual, then it, you need the, re the releases, uh, you need the person who owns the copyright of the recording who made the recording owns that recording, like the video of that recording. That's how that stuff works. If you shot that footage, you own it, unless it's a work for hire. <laughs> I've been over this before. Um, <laughs> what so do you know did, about that, Jeff? <laughs> uh, you, you would be surprised. Um, and then, um, so you need to get that person on board. Then you need the people who appear in the thing. You need them on board. And lastly, you need the song publisher. Uh, you know, the song publisher has to be on board. So it, it gets very complicated. And then the same thing with recordings. Manny may own the recording, but Glenn owns the songs. If Glenn wants to put out the recording, he needs Manny to sign off on that because he owns it. He needs to buy the tape from Manny. And if Manny wants to put out the tape, he needs Glenn to sign off it because Glenn wrote those songs and owns the publishing. So that's what makes this stuff so incredibly difficult. And I hope that everybody gets to hear it someday because it's friggin' awesome. But it should be heard in the right way with the permission from the people that are in possession of this stuff. 
Candy Cane says, darn it. I was knocked off for the past 30 minutes. Finally black back. Yeah. These candy. It sounds like this is candy is a first timer here with us for our show. Candy, these shows, these misfits shows, they can go for hours and hours sometimes. So generally you're, you're you, you won't miss much if you get knocked off for 30 minutes a. Hale says, what the hell happened to the Necros? Their Conquest for Death album was amazing. Well, they broke up. They broke up. Todd's around. You can talk. Todd's very accessible. Great guy, too. He'll tell you, he'll, he'll tell you a tale or two. Um, Donald says, Angry Red Planet, punk from Chicago. Um, singer from the Necros was in Big Chief. That's um, Barry. Barry from the Necros. Now, that's an interview I would lo- love to sink my teeth into probably the most impossible interview on the face of the planet to get the dude is a, a grumpy grump who does not want to talk to anybody and does not want to talk about the misfits. Um, Sam says it's the original house of the bricks that he's selling. Yeah. You know, I'm not still, I'm not sure if it's still on the market. It was on the market and then it was taken off the market. Who knows? He goes back and forth. Hey, Horace, how you doing? Horace Jonathan's in the house. And he says, one of the last lines of that story, something about making the fifties dark and hateful. Are you referring to TV casualty? Uh, Horace, I'm not sure. Um, Ballad says, I think the babies in prison metaphor may come from some of his early poetry he did, like Bullet, and just decided to weave it into the song because it's clever and witty. You want to know something? I love that interpretation, Ballad. I think you're spot on. I bet you that's exactly what happened. He took some poetry and he's like, you know, uh, in a sentence of "We're, we're dying by TVs, but we're born into prison, you know, kind of sort of thing. Maybe, I don't know. Candy says, I just saw an upload of why be something you're not with the Necros. Yes. And it's in really good quality too. The Necros were in Toledo, but guys, we're talking about song lyrics. Stay on topic. God, gosh, darn it. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, unless you have anything else you want to say, Russell, about TV casualty, let's move on to whatever it is you're about to break open for us. Okay. Um, one thing, just uh, a hail. Is that is that uh, Amber Hale from the uh, KOD in the house? I don't know. Uh, a hail. If you'd like to identify yourself, if you feel comfortable, Russell is asking. Um, just curious. So we'll see. We will find out. All right. Um, so right, go into it. So this is um, this is a book. I have I have lot tons of books and. I was just going through, yes, two totes, man. Um, so I found this book uh, as I was cleaning out some storage items, and it's called the uh, oops, sorry, the Descent of Man. Ooh! And it was published in '77, and again in '78, and again in '79. This is obviously the '79 version because, you know. Um, and what it is, is uh, it's a collection of, of stories. And one of these stories happens to be. What? Now, that said, that, that said, I read the story and there's no genie of death. There's no touching and feeling, you know. <laughs> Um, it's about a plane crash and, and these people that survived it. And it's, you know, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. Uh, it has nothing to do, but again, I wonder having been written in the seventies, you know, Glenn, you know, uh, 
known to have read some obscure things. You know, this seems like a title he might be interested in, you know, Descent of Man. Um, you know, did he just go, eh, that's a pretty cool title and I'm going to go from there, you know? I mean, right. A spring off play. Okay. Yeah, so I just thought that was kind of interesting. Okay. So while I desperately want to believe, we're going to take a look at this right now. Here's the problem. The green <laughs> hell lyrics are so inaccurate wherever you go. Were those in, do you know, or does anybody know were green were the green hell lyrics in the Lords of the left hand lyrics books? Cause if so, I we do not know our hands on those. There's a um, great video out there on YouTube of uh, James Hetfield yes. talking about <laughs> so good. How he thought Glenn was messing with him. It's like Glenn fucking with lyrics. me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Candy Kane says also maybe the entire world deciding to live stream against lockdown March 4th. My, I didn't know about that. Um, mess up the internet. Oh, you're in Europe. Car Candy Kane, where are you from in Europe? Out of curiosity. That sounds crazy. Uh, no, uh, Russell, it's the wrong A hail. It's not the same A hail. It's not Amber okay. Hale. So there you go. That answers your question. Candy Kane says, uh, I have commented with you on some other live streams, but they were shorter than that. Right. The Glenn Danzig video. Got it. Got it. Um, and you like Green Hell. So guys, does anybody have, know if Lords, we need to know this answer. In Glenn Danzig's lyric books, does, does, he, does he have Green Hell in there? Because then we can have some semi-official lyrics. Because here's the problem with those lyric books. From my understanding, some of those lyrics are not necessarily accurate. Glenn didn't necessarily write all the words down and kind of had to guess or kind of filled in some blank spots or simply forgot what he sang and can't decipher it on the recording. I've heard that at least. I don't know if that's true either. Wow. Um, uh, so Donald says, Green Hell about Warren Death in the Jungle, Monster from Green Hell movie. Uh, there's a title of the book you just said, which you said, you said that was a plane crash. Yeah. Okay. So maybe the plane crashes in the green hell. Dan, what's up, Dan? How you doing? Dan says it is in the jungle. Okay. It is in the jungle. So that, that adds to the green hell. Uh, Dan, I thought he got the title from green hell from the movie monster from green hell. What's the plot of the monster from green hell. We need to look at that too. So here's what it says here in this, place lies the genie of death so i don't think it's genie i do but i am firmly in the camp of key to your death here in this place lies the key to your death touch it see it wow great oh you know here in this yep, place yep. is a means to your end so he's talking he's singing about this literal place that is green hell well that makes the sense the, the, wouldn't the key to your death be the means to an end right Uh, yes, it's very possible. It's very possible. I just want to know what happens. Somebody give me, I don't want to look right now. Can somebody out there, we have 39 people watching at the moment. Can We have 41 people watching at the moment. Can somebody please put the synopsis for the um, uh, the monster from green hell in the description, in the comments so that I can just read it right here while we continue to talk about it. Sorry, I got an itch in my ear. Um <laughs> All right, let's see what else we got lyric-wise, because right now we're kind of running blind. You could uh, you could have come like this to no one. Uh, I bet you knew you woke it, and you don't run away from anything. I bet you thought you really could in hell. We're going to burn in hell, green hell, like every hell but kind of green. I love that. But every – like every hell but kind of green. Can you imagine, Glenn? 
doing a wavy thing with his hand, like every hill, but kind of green, you know, um, <laughs> in hell, in hell, we're going to face the mess. We're in hell, green hell. I think I'd rather be up here in hell, green hell. You know, I fucking shake up. I love that. If that's a real line, you know, I fucking shake apart in hell, green hell. Got to find the way, uh, got to find a way that you will stay green hell. Cannot forget about the heat in hell. You've come, you've come to this like no one could. I bet you see once again, it's being sung. It's the narrator is singing these notions to someone else. You've come to this like no one could. I bet you never knew you woke it and you don't run away from everything. Okay, we got a synopsis. Yes. Hold on. Wait, wait, hold on. We got a couple. We got some type man, a lot of comments here. Um, saw the Green Hell movie. A huge, a crazy huge moth uh, uh, ought to fly or something. It's cheesy and hilarious. A tribute to the safari thing, and it attacks people. Donald says, why my uncle, what my uncle called Vietnam, the green hell. Got it. Makes sense. Ooh, cool name, unknown cowbell. I thought it said unknown cowboy, unknown cowbell. If Glenn doesn't know the words, then Jerry surely doesn't. The box set lyrics are wrong. And these, I believe, are the box set lyrics. And I agree, Unknown Cowbell. I think these are the wrong lyrics. A Hell says, Green Hell is one of Vincent Price's least favorite movies that he starred in. Um, here's the synopsis. Oh, synopsis right here. A scientific expedition in Africa investigates wasps that have been exposed to radiation and mutated into giant killer monsters. I think that could definitely work with, okay, so maybe Glenn reads the book that you're talking about with the plane crash. The plane crashes and the, the protagonist is singing about being in this green hell where these giant moths are. The monsters from green hell are a colony of giant flightless wasps, which have been mutated by exposure to cosmic radiation. There you go. They are inhabited. The area inhabited by them has become known as green hell by the natives due to the fact that all the animals flee from it. There you go. Pat says, survival in this forest, stranded in a green hell. Peter says, green hell is close to the movie Wishmaster. That's a hint? What? Green hell. Oh, because you're saying here in this place lies the genie of death. Yeah, but Wishmaster came out in, in the 90s, way, way before. A green hell came out way before that. That doesn't work. Trees, <clears throat> green, survival, hell. I think Green Hell and Earth AD kind of sound like now with COVID. You came this far, so don't stop breathing now. Yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't know. Uh, let's see what people said down below in the comments. Metallica did a cover of this and Last Caress on Garage Days. You're joking. What? No way. Um, I think I was 13 when my friend told me this song was about being stuck in a world of pot without a lighter. Hell is green. I need a flame. <laughs> Hell is green. I need a flame. See, this is why, and nobody does this about any other band but the Misfits. You get, I was 13 when my friend told me this song was about being stuck in a world of pot without a lighter. <laughs> Hell is green. I need a flame. Um, oh, not man. Sure. Not sure if the song is about Vietnam, but Vietnam was known as the Green Hell. It's very possible it could be about Vietnam, too. That's true. 
as uh, uh, someone else said uh, about their uncle set called it the green hell. Uh, the title of the song is taken from the 1940 horror movie, green hell or the sequel, the monster from green hell. So the monster from green hell is actually a sequel to green hell. So all I, I, you know, it, it remains a mystery, baby. We can see. <clears throat> all right. Okay. Peter, you're crazy. Pete says it's about contacting a gin. Pete, it doesn't work because Wishmaster came out in the 90s. How is this possible? It, I, uh, so Peter, I'm sorry. I don't think it works, buddy. It don't work. Um, all right. Let's move on to what is the next song we have on our little list here. Ah, we got to talk about theme for a jackal. We're actually kind of hitting ones that have been touched on. And in the future, we will touch on ones that we have not spoken about at all. And that'll be really, really fun. Uh, I really want to talk about Nike too. Again, um, I want to hear your thoughts. I don't know if you have any thoughts about yeah. Nike, but uh, we'll, hold on. First, let's go to theme yeah. for a jackal. I really enjoyed that that Nike discussion. So yeah, I would like to revisit that. Yes. All right. So glad to hear that. Um, theme for a jackal. Okay. So right off the bat, theme for a jackal. The song title is a theme. What is a theme? A theme is like you know music that represents something, right? The theme. A theme for a jackal, right? Who is the jackal in this case? What's his face is known as the jackal, Ted Mother Effin Kennedy. Um, and what happened was, uh, and we talked about this super early. Shout out to uh, Bobby Bloodshed, the father of Robbie Bloodshed. He was on the show and he was he was talking about this with me and he sent me some stuff about it as well, which I did not know because I did not know until we were doing that show that Ted Kennedy was known as the Jackal. And that in the same way that Glenn has written about the Kennedys, he's mentioned the Kennedys in Who Killed Marilyn. He's mentioned the Kennedys in, obviously in Bullet. So what's to say that a song from the same time frame as when Bullet was turned into a song, even if it started as a free verse poem, what's to say that Theme for a Jackal is not about uh, Ted Kennedy, the Jackal, and himself. you know you talk about these these things being uh, poetic and Bukowski like. If if there's any of them, man, this one if you if you just drop the music out and read the lyrics and think of it, read it like a beat poet. I mean it. It, it just Let's seems do it right now. Let's do it right now. Can you do a little percussion for me? <laughs> Come on. Hold on, wait, let's do this right. I'm going to take the lyrics down. We're going to do it right. Ready, guys? We're going to read Theme for a Jackal real quick before we talk about it. Ready? And go. Ready. Dry drunk on a corner. Wet waist of a girl. Theme for a Jackal. Play you a death song. You probably listen. Stand idly by as they rape your children like they do now. In fact, you showed them how. All thoughts are in place. All dreams are complete. Play. Theme for a jackal. Play. Die, sweet prince. <laughs> Meat tastes like mince. Enough. 
<laughs> Wait, I know what's wrong. I don't have my glasses on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You got to put the glasses on. Ready? Die, sweet prince. Meat tastes like mints. The jackal's eaten enough for today. <laughs> Die, sweet prince. Meat tastes like shit. The jackal's, oh, enough to make that jackal spit. Spit, jackal, spit. Spit and choke on the lives you've taken. You can't shake them loose. All morsels are gone. They're too small. Accessible from a source so tall. It is one of the most poetic misfit songs out there. It's so beautiful. It's such a beautiful song. Bitch! Bitch she is! Cut her from the inside out. Dead daughter in a river. Entrance gained by her liver. Play. Theme for a jacko play. They play you a death song. You probably listen. Stand out they buy as they rape your children like you do now. In fact, you showed them how. Play. Theme for a jackal. Play. Man, that would have been great at the Alamo. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna start a beat, a beat misfits cover band. <laughs> we just do beat versions of all the misfits. The beat fits. <laughs> The beat fence. Oh my god! Did we just invent this right on the air? I think we did. We did. We just, hey, <laughs> speaking of speaking of bands, you know, we need to get together and rehearse our one, two, threes, and the woes because yes. that's all we have in the band right now. The Murdergrams. Whoa, 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 whoa! Yes, we have a fictional band for anybody joining us. A fictional band called the Murdergrams. Please uh, subscribe to this channel. Please like this this video and leave a comment if you are just joining us. Okay, let's talk about this. I mean, God. Oh my God, we just have to pour over the, the the verses of this song, and then we'll go to the comments. So, how do, I'm going to read this, and we're going to talk about how this relates to the Ted Kennedy case. Are you familiar with the case, Rusty? Oh yeah. Okay, yep. great, great. Okay, ready? Dry, drunk on a corner, wet waste of a girl. Theme for a jackal. So the song is all about. It's it's a theme for for a guy like Ted Kennedy who maybe Glenn had animosity towards because of what happened, you know, how he got away with this and, you know, thinking that the Kennedys are once again, despicable in the way that he writes about him. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. You know, um, after, after he wrecked the car, he walked back to wherever it was that he was staying, changed clothes. So there, you know, but he was still intoxicated. So dry clothes, still intoxicated. Dry drunk. Wow. Wow. So he's saying, what dude, you are a goddamn genius. So he's saying, dry drunk on a corner, wet waste of a girl, theme for a jackal. And then play you a death song. You'll probably listen. Stand. Uh, so what about this? Stand idly by as they rape your children like you do now. In fact, you show them how. What is this in reference to, in your opinion? I don't know. Like may, maybe rape shouldn't be taken literally. You know, maybe it's just you know you're you're doing something awful to your kids. Uh, now I understand that um, the 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 Kennedy dad. I, I for some reason I can't think Joe? of his name. Joe Kennedy. Yes, he was a pretty rough character. So gotcha. You know, may, maybe he was. You know, he, Glenn is alluding to. You know, you taught your kids. 
how to be this way and and get out of things using your 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 power you know so now your your kids are coming to you going hey get me out of this so maybe it's that that kind of thing gotcha um uh, and if anybody can further elaborate on that for us in the comments please do so um yeah all thoughts are in place so then it turns into so here's the other thing in a way it's i think it's a transformative song it's a once again this is a juxtaposition song it's juxtaposing ted kennedy and his despicable actions with a serial killer of some kind that is this jackal mm-hmm. character i and then literally the the reason why he's called the jackal is because he's just so carnivorous and they literally talks about eating people in that kind of way or perhaps there's an, a more obscure killer that glenn is writing about in addition to that and then putting those things together all thoughts are in place all deeds are complete play theme for a jackal play so when he's saying play theme for a jackal play he's it's like he's asking the song to be played he's invoking the theme the musical theme which is the death song from the previous stanza right play theme for a jackal play right and then i sweet prince meat tastes like mints the jackal's eaten enough for today Die, sweet prince, meat tastes like shit, enough to make that jackal spit, spit, jackal, spit, spit and choke on the lies you've taken. You can't shake them loose. So it's, t- you know, literally a serial killer of some kind. Yeah. I don't know. Again, anybody wants to throw out additional stuff here, please do. Do you that, have anything uh, else? That? that part about um, all thoughts are in place and all deeds and all that. Uh, I thought that that was because you got a little something on your teeth there, Jeff. Um, I thought that was uh, where Ted had had you know not gone to the police immediately. He'd gone to his friends. They got right. their story straight. Right. So you're so right. Okay. That that I I agree with that. Let's say that's what we do here. We 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 analyze the theories and then decide whether they're fact or not. Even whether they actually are fact or not is up for debate. Okay, that's great. And then die, sweet prince. Meat tastes like mints. And this is literally talking about this, the personification of this animal, like this animalism in a killer that is gorging on his victim. And then here's the last part of the song that is just so bone chilling. He must be juxtaposing a serial killer with this thing. He says, yeah, he says the following, uh, he says, I, this is, Oh man, this is so, this is so creepy. Ready? He says, all morsels are gone. They're too small, right? So all morsels are gone. They're too small. A morsel being a minuscule piece fragment. They're too small. And then this is what's crazy. I love the way he puts this line. Accessible from a source so tall, which is basically saying what he's saying here is that these morsels have been accessed from a source what is the source it's a person so tall a tall woman or tall girl little sister all of my love now that's the other thing so it says little sister does that tie in somehow with stand idly by as they rape your children is this some sort of family affair as well that we're not reading into that we're not picking up on bitch bitch she is so that's the killer 
the killer's point of view, cut her from the inside out. Think about what that means to cut her from the inside out. You have to gain access inside and then cut her from the inside out. It's pretty gross. Accessible from a source so tall. That is so, it's talking about human beings like they're just meat bags. When you say accessible from a source so tall. And then, I love this line so much. Dead daughter in the river, entrance gained by her liver. You went through her liver to gain entrance inside of her body. And then the same theme is playing. So, okay. Oh, my God. I just thought of it. He is juxtaposing Ted Kennedy with a serial killer. He's saying, probably from some obscure case, but he's saying, like, Ted, we're playing you the theme for a jackal because of what you are and what you are as a killer. I think that's what's at the heart of the song. Whenever I hear that line, entrance gained by her liver, I thought that was about drinking, you know, uh, a lot of alcohol. Because I believe... Oh, shit. Dead daughter in the river, meaning the car crashes in the river. She's now dead. Entrance gained by her liver, meaning he got access to her. She came into his car. So entrance gained by her liver does not necessarily mean someone actually cut her open, but took advantage of her by getting her drunk and then crashed his car and then left her. And then that's why you're playing the theme for a jackal play. So it's just juxtaposing a serial killer with this for sure. The play you a death song. You'll probably listen. Stand idly by as they rape your children like they do now. In fact, you them out. it's a brilliant song. It's a brilliant friggin' song. Um, piano driven song. Um, the only song that has piano on it, I believe for, on uh, uh, static age, right? Yeah. You know, what really upsets me about Static Age, and I understand why Glenn was distancing himself maybe from the piano because they're trying to be more like Ramones or whatever, damned in Ramones. But the I feel like Static Age would have been serviced. Like imagine a song like Come Back with Piano, like a piano track to go with it. You know, with the dun 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 Oh yeah. Imagine if you thicken that up with some piano chords. Dun 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 dun. You know that just would have been very interesting. The the bass kind of you know fills that in. The bass is very pronounced that song. I don't know, just a thought. So that's I like it. Yeah, yeah, me too. All right, let's go through the comments real quick. We're going to do a couple more and then we'll we'll wind down the show because I'm sure Rusty's got to be up for work in the morning. I got to wake up, get the kiddos ready. Uh, I'm having so much fun here. I, I it can't even be, it can't even be, uh, uh, it, it's hard to imagine how much fun we're having, but I'm having fun. A lot of fun. Uh, no lighter is hilarious. Oh, about the green hell. That's hilarious. I mean, yes, it is hilarious. Green hell needed agent orange. Ha ha ha. Bad joke, but I get it. Quack, quack, quack. Um, quack, quack, quack. Uh, Donald says World War II veteran vets described Asia as the same way, especially Burma. Ballad of the Broken, theme for a jack. Yeah, Ballad is finally happy. Theme for a jackal. <laughs> oh, yes, he's so stoked about it, man. Candy Cane says maybe the gin represents not to touch or look at war and just say no to war. Maybe I don't think it could be a gin in Green Hell because 
I don't know. I mean, it's possible Glenn could have been into the mythology of that, but again, most people know Jins from Wishmaster. Wishmaster came from the nineties, just in the way that again, and I did a, we, I, I mentioned this when I spoke to Pete from Sam Hain, I was like, I was like, I asked him, he didn't know. He wasn't able to answer. I was like, yo, Pete, this is, did Glenn first really like become enamored with the idea of Sam Hain by seeing it in Halloween too, which would make perfect sense in the sense that Halloween two came out in 81, right? Just like it, it totally lines up with his, with what could have been his going down the rabbit hole with the concept of Sam Hain. And so I think that, you know, maybe some of the stuff that Glenn was into, he came by the way of pop culture, which for him was movies and comic books and stuff. Not that he wasn't well-read in classic literature because we know that he was in Bukowski and things, but I don't know. I just don't imagine him writing a song about Jin at the time. But what do I know? I don't actually know. Um, Ballad says, stand idly by as they, I thank you for putting a star there as they, you know, bleep your children. Is such an eerie line to me and stands out because Glenn is into conspiracies, Monroe, JFK, yes he is, JFK, Freemasonry, elites in general, and makes me think of the Epstein shit. Wow. Yeah. I guess it's kind of contemporary there. Yeah. Jackals yeah. are like African coyotes. Okay. Nike nuclear weapons, dope track. Yes. Having sex with a nuclear weapon, a girl as a missile boy. Oh, my man, Rue, supporting the shit out of this channel. He tipped us $20. Thank you, man. Rue, I salute you with the friggin' throwing you the horns, my friend. Thank you. Really, really nice. I appreciate it. And I'll just say this real quick. Uh, you know, I don't want it's not that I don't want to push people to tip. It's there if you, if it's there, the button is there if you want to use it. That's friggin' great. All I will tell you is that this money goes towards documentary. And it does go towards the uh, possibility of up taking the show up to the next level uh, by upgrading my StreamYard account so that I can record for longer times. I don't have to use two accounts. You know I use two accounts to do this because I do so many shows that I run out of my stream and I have to go to another account. And it allows me to do a bunch. I just wanted to say thank you to Rue is all. Continuing on. Um, Donald says, dancing with the threat of nuclear annihilation is that, are you referring to Nike Agogo, Donald, I think? All right, yeah, they're talking about Nike. We're, we're that far behind in the comments because we mentioned Nike before. Nike was a second-gen defense missiles, missile system missile system in the 60s. Right, we talked about it last time. Dig it, man. That's probably themed for a tackle. That's my way of buying you a drink or drinks. Brew, that's awesome, man. I, so I could buy seltzer with that money. And, oh, we got another one. Thank you, Dagger. Dagger, too. Thank you. The both of you guys. Unbelievable. Thank you, Dagger. Thank you, truly. I, you know what I got to do? What can I do when people do that sort of stuff, when they do the stickers or they do a tip or something? I need to do something on the show as a reward or some sort of additional thing. I got to think that up. Maybe I could sing something. <laughs> I'll do some sort of ridiculous Stop thing. tipping. Stop tipping. <laughs> no, 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 don't. I'm don't. kidding. I'll do, you know what I'll do? I'll do every time, maybe every time there's a tip, I'll do a, a beat, a beat. Po I don't know. I'll think about it. I'll think about it. Any, I'm open to suggestions. We need some sort of, some sort of thing. In addition, I know you're just grateful for the show or whatever, for whatever reason. I'm, I'm thankful for your generosity is all I want to say about that. Candy Kane says, 
Well, like you said about Earth AD being a concept album, in your opinion, I think they all blend together as a real-life punk commentary. 100% true. For sure. Candy Cane says, if you mess with the green hell ward gin, you must go through hell. Wow, you are really you really like this gin stuff. I get it, man. I get it. <laughs> um, Pat says, the rawness of the song gives me chills every time. The background noise and the dead daughter in the river part can never be redone epic. And to think this guy is the son of the guitarist who played, did the guitar on that song. Like, it's so crazy. I love that. I love that. Pat, that you must, man, Pat, you must trip you up sometimes to be such a fan of this band and be like, my dad played on all these songs. Like, that's pretty freaking cool. Um, but yeah, man, it is raw and it's awesome. And I don't know, you should ask your dad. Maybe your dad knows, maybe you know, because you spoke to your dad. Is there any kind of like feedback track or like, you know, ambience guitar track? Because there's like weird, I feel like there's weird stuff on that track. I, again, I'd have to listen to it right now to really tell you. But Russell, do you know what I'm talking about? Do you hear anything like that? Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah I, I, it's, it's just like ambient noise. It's almost like, you know, uh, you know, Glenn had the, the piano part all done and, and the guitar was an afterthought, you know. But You're uh, right. But, but man, right. boy, did they nail that or what? I mean... I don't I just can't imagine that song not having all of those just diddly ambient open chord, you know, all that drenched in reverb and just I don't know, man, I love it. That's that's one thing that really turns me on to that song is just the the eeriness of it, you know, Um. You know, it's funny you say that because, yes, Theme for a Jackal was most certainly written on the piano. I do not think it was written on guitar. A lot of those early songs are written on piano. Glenn started as a piano player before he even became mm -hmm. a guitar player. And, um, yeah, you're right. I never thought about it like that. The guitar is absolutely an afterthought to the piano, which is, you know. And, again, it you'd imagine that's why they eventually stopped playing it. When I listened to Manny's tape, and I heard the live version of Theme for a Jackal from 77, I could not discern whether uh, Frank was playing at that point. I, I wasn't sure if Glenn was playing uh, piano or not at that time. And it was just like, it's phenomenal, phenomenal. In any case, Ted did never get to be present. That had to do with it, right? Didn't Ted uh, Russell, am I right about that? Ted, this scandal uh, uh, torpedoed any kind of run for, for presidency, right? Yep. Yep. So he was going to, and it didn't happen. I send my murdergram to all the monster kids. If this is in reference to the name murdergram, one day we, I was on the show, I was doing the show and I, we were, we were <clears throat> actually, it might've been one of these episodes. We were, Oh, it was, you know what it was? Because the misfits coined the term murdergram, according to this college study of their lyrics and I was like, I had never stopped and thought about what murdergram was and what it means. And like the idea that a murdergram is actually a telegram, but filled with murder, meaning like you knock <laughs> on someone's house with a butcher knife and go, hello, murdergram. And then you murder them in the door. <laughs> Glenn's like, yeah, murdergram. That's cool. And like the candy gram. <laughs> yeah. I'll send my murdergram to all these monster kids and they'll send it right back to me. And it will be signed in their parents' blood. Yeah, I like that. And he like wrote that in. You know, I just love that idea. Murder Graham. Um, Pat, okay, so this is a comment to Pat from Bal uh, Ballad. 
Amen. The buildup from that part to the screaming is just so intense. I wish there was more Misfit songs with the keyboard. Oh, there were. There were a whole bunch. And sadly, they just about went the way of the dodo, but they did exist. And as I will find out when I rewatch my Manny interview, there were 25 Misfit songs. They started with 25 songs. And we've heard some of them, some of them not been heard. Some other people have heard, gotten to hear some of them. It's crazy. Uh, Joe helped cover it up, right? The father helped cover up the, the situation. Raphael says, as humanity spi spirals further down its cycle of violence, we rape and murder each other, choking on our own cannibalistic spoils until there's nothing left of ourselves to consume. Was this question, did you get this from the guy? There's another guy who did Misfits summaries. It's Misfits lyric summaries. It's hilarious. That sounds like one of them, where he just summarizes the Misfits, the Misfits song in like one sentence, and he does it in like this weird, funny kind of way. Uh, the death song, too, perpetuates the cycle, so play on. Yeah, I mean, I like all that stuff, whether you thought of it or you got it from there. It's great. The jackals have to eat carrion. Pat says, ballad. Yeah, man, it's insane. That brief 10 seconds builds up so much anxiety to the listener. It's insane. Candy King Glenn says that the Kennedy boys are terrible to most all female celebrities or not. The father forced electroshock therapy on his daughter. Yeah, that's right. Right. She was like catatonic, which destroyed her. So they kept her hidden. He was an ass. That's one way of putting it an ass. Is a jackal like a hyena or a dog? It's more like a hyena, right, Rusty? I believe so. Yeah, like a, like a like some sort of a predatory dog, like wild dog, jackal with those long ears, you know. Uh, Jared Jackson says, "Dry drunk refers to a drunk without alcohol." That is true. Normally, if you run in sober circles, yes, a uh, 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 someone who is who is not drinking, but is not working on themselves emotionally is not working a program of the 12 steps in those 12 step fellowships is what is what's known as a dry drunk. However, I don't think that's what's being referenced here in any way, shape or form, even though Ted Kennedy was an alcoholic, even though it said dry drunk, unless perhaps there's something in that, in that story where Ted Kennedy wasn't drunk behind the wheel, but he was drunk behind the wheel, right? Yeah. Yeah. He was drunk, drunk driving. So it literally is a dry drunk. I mean, Russell came up with it so brilliantly. He's a dry drunk. He literally changed his clothes. He dried off and he's a dry drunk and she's a wet waste of a girl. You know, a jackal is like a coyote stealing scraps. There you go. That perfectly sums it up, Donald. Um, Ted got scraps, but got to live. Yes, it's a joke. That is exactly what it is, man. It is a juxtaposition of the situation. Oh, my God. There's so many comments. This is all you guys rule. All of you guys are awesome. Thank you for being so participatory tonight. Did, um, uh, did, did Ted get the scraps from his brother is from John? Is, is that what it is? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, yeah. You're, you're just coming out. You're flying out with the with the the, the just the. Whatever, you're flying out with it, man. Ballad of the Broken says, the theme could be the music playing during the end, sorry, during an elite Bohemian Grove type ritual raping and feasting on innocent's blood to rise up the power and chain of command. 
What is Bohemian Grove? Is that like a conspiracy theory of like elite, like preying on people? I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, do you all prefer the stuff? Okay. Does uh, Ballad wants to ask everybody in, who's watching right now. Do you guys prefer the static age version or the legacy version where it has more reverb? I feel the echo on Glenn's voice gives it more of that record recorded in a tomb feel and adds Omni atmosphere. What do you think, Russell? Uh, you know, the first version I heard was obviously legacy, but man, the static age version, just so much cleaner and so much, it's just so much better. I, you know, listening to Legacy after that, it's just like mud, man. And I just, you know, I, I really, I, I don't really like that record, you know, after after Static Age came out, you know, um, just because it sounds so terrible to me. It's just, it's, I don't know. It's just muddy. I don't um, like it. Yeah. Uh, I, so... I personally, I love Static Age and I love Legacy and I love them for different reasons and different moods. And, you know, Legacy has a soft spot in my heart. I just, I don't know what it is. There's something, and you know, you know, it's funny, Bobby has said, he's like, yeah, you can hear that, you know, they really played over, he played over my guitar parts. You can hear it, you know, or Jerry has said that. Jerry has also said that you can hear that he played. And you can, if you really listen, you really can hear that there's clearly still that work underneath what Glenn, you know, tried to record over, but legacy does take on its own quality because Glenn overdubbed bass and guitar tracks. The whole album has a much more cohesive feel to it. Right. Yep. yep. It feels more cohesive. It feels like a, a, a like a, even though it's technically it's a compilation, it's the second compilation. The first compilation was beware. The second compilation is Legacy Brutality, but Legacy Brutality feels like a cohesive album because of that. And so um, it's got a place in my heart. But yeah, once I feel like once you hear those that beautiful static age mix, you hear Jerry's... Well, I mean, Jerry he was a solid bassist on static age, man. He does not get enough credit for just being a, like a very clean, neat bass, bass player, just like doing the yep. job. Did a great I job. I love that tone. I love his tone on that record, great especially tone. when you get to hear the little bits, you know, in the outtakes. Yes. Just, I don't know, man. Yes. And and the, what I love about the bass is that it rides up high in the mix. It's not in every Misfits mix, the muddy, gross bass as uh, uh, what's-his-face was talking about earlier. What's his name? Um, uh, Freaking, um, oh, my God, Dagger. Dagger was talking about this earlier where Dagger Love was saying how it's like muddy. It's just like all muddy. Yeah, it's like muddy at the bottom. If you think about it as like levels of a river, the bass in every Misfit song is like the muddy bottom of the river. But in Static Age, it's like a beautiful swan that glides on the top of the water. It's just... <laughs> yeah, almost almost piano-like tone, you know. It's just yeah. so... It, it rings out so nicely. But it's still got yes. that little bit of dirt on it, you know? Yes, yes. Yeah. Great, great way to describe it. Raphael wants to know, Mr. Jeff, will you ever do a meeting like this about Sam Hain someday? So we have talked about Sam Hain quite a bit on the show. Uh, my friend Steve Zing, who's been on the show, Steve is uh, uh, an acquaintance of Russell and I. 
and he has been on the show before. And we, I asked him what his favorite Misfit Sam Hain and Danzig songs were, and we chatted about Sam Hain. And you know, I actually want to have Steve on again for an episode of Pizza Punk, but that's another story for another day. And also, I did a two-hour interview with Damien from Sam Hain. So if you go on my channel, Raphael, you can find my interview, my two-hour interview with Damien, Pete Damien Marshall. He talks about his time playing with Glenn as well as playing with Iggy Pop and lots of fun little tidbits in there. Um, Candy Kane uh, says, I like the echoey thing better too. Usually I like the demo or the live punk messier sound. Um, Rue is laughing at something. I don't know what he's laughing at. God damn it. So many comments. Paul says the sister part could be about the daughter. The Kennedys tried to hide away because of her mental issues. And I think one of them got caught with an underage girl. Huh. Interesting. Scariest Sam Hain song, Russell. Go. What's the scariest Sam Hain song? Who uh probably the howl to me. I think either that one or and not scary because wow, that's that musically sounds scary. Just the lyrical content to me I always it, you know, I like that one. Um uh, that or uh, I, I, I'm going to have to go with Death in Its Arms. Just now, that music just sounds like I don't know. I, I guess scary is not really the right word, but you know, are any of them really scary? It's not a good adjective ballad, if I'm being honest. If if you're going to go scary, I'm going to say the shift. He says the howl. I say the shift. The shift is the shift and macabre. The macabre is so macabre is scary for the sense that like it's just so doomy and gothy and uh and and the hungry end too. Yeah. There's a baby in the meat slicer on the kitchen table, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> so there, I guess. I don't know. Um all right, uh wasn't Paul says and wasn't one of them suspected of con uh, suspected or convicted of killing a girl with a golf club. I never heard that. Can anybody, Paul, can you dig up, dig something up for us and show, link us, Paul, link us, please. Look, Dagger Love says that the legacy is the best misfits apple. All right, Dagger, I love this. I don't agree with you, but I love, love, love that legacy is your favorite misfits album. And I want, you to explain why it's your favorite Misfits album, because I really respect the shit out of that comment, even though I totally disagree. I love that Legacy is your favorite album. Explain to us why. I want to hear it. Truly, I do. Pat says, oh, Pat's talking about what his dad said. So Pat went to his dad. He showed me how he did it. You got to see it yourself. Pretty cool, man. I do want to see it. Maybe we can film that. When, you know, if I do, I need to do another interview. You got to film him doing it. They made their own sounds. He explained it all to me. What? Pat, you got to be there when I do my interview. Pat, I want you to be there. Yes. Maybe you remember, yes. you remember to ask him things that I will forget. Please, Pat, let's talk. We'll talk, Pat. Uh, stomping signals with electronics and shit like that. Creating fuzz and feel. Oh, my God. Pat, I was hearing like pick scratches in there, you know, yes. a lot of pick scratches and just yes. like single open notes. Yes. Yes. Um, Raphael says oh. the, 
Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. What were you going to no, say? No, I was just. I, I'm. I'm. I'm excited about the prospect of that interview, uh, and and hearing him talk about how they made those those sounds. So, yes, I let's do that. I listened back to my previous Franche Coma interview, which was good, but you know what the problem was with it? There's a couple problems with that interview. One, I was super green. I the earliest interviews are the hardest ones for me to listen back to because I'm going, oh my God, like I just sound like an idiot asking these questions. I asked him, there's so many I wasted so much time on questions that because at the time I didn't know stuff. See, as the as the interviews would go by. I started to realize I need to ask certain people certain types of questions. And there are other people, because again, this band is so friggin' subjective. Like you're not going to ask a horror business era person stuff about the misfits during walk among us. Cause they're not going to know because people just come in and out of this band's timeline like that. So I, it's, you're not going to ask Dave street anything about the misfits during earth ad because dave is gonna be like i don't don't remember dave doesn't remember much anyway because of the 80s which he's told me dave is a good friend um he's you can see him in my movie romeo's distress uh raphael says the piano parts in the early songs are great i remember hearing glenn say some in some interview that without the piano and adding guitar the songs would sound like punk stuff he was into at the moment uh well one thing that i know that glenn was super into and maybe Russell, you're aware of this, is that they were huge adverts fans. In addition to the Damned and the Ramones, those dudes loved the adverts. Really cool band from England. Um, yeah, there was some. Was there a thread in the group about that, or did you talk about that in a video? Because it does, it does ring a bell. But um, I might have mentioned it in the video, but I definitely found that out in one of my interviews. Dagger Love says Murder Graham is the Fiend Club. You're right. Murder Graham is the Fiend Club. Like you're sending out, Glenn would send out his Murder Graham <laughs> yeah. all the time. And <laughs> I love that. And then additionally, he would get them back signed in their parents' blood. Interesting. Very interesting to all these monster kids. Uh, Pat says back in the day, he said there wasn't much effects. So you had to make your own by mixing speakers and pedals and frequencies and stuff. He explains it all. Um, that's so interesting. And that makes sense why, you know, for instance, they just released that static age pedal, but everybody's all, all these like all these like guitar nerds are like, it was like, ew, dude, why would you spend so much money on this pedal when you could just plug this into this and make a, you know, you make a little speaker and you poke a hole in it and it sounds like a fuzz tone. And it's just kind of like, that's I don't a know. great Cartman. <laughs> Right. But it's just like, I don't know, maybe because people are just fucking fans of the band and want the fucking tone. Like what like what do you care? What like what does it matter? Is it like some sort of pride thing with being a guitarist? I, I don't understand it. I don't understand it. Um No kitty, this is my pedal. No kitty, kitty. Um Ballad says Dagger hands down first album there. So Ballad agrees with Dagger that it's his favorite um, Misfits album, Legacy Brutality. He loves the reverb and the production. Favorite compilation of tracks. My favorite artwork, and it has American Nightmare. There's a lot of reasons to like Legacy Brutality. It's not. It's not my personal favorite. I'd say if I had to pick an album, oh Jesus, I can't pick an album, dude. It's not Static Age because here's the thing. And a lot of people are going to disagree with me on this. Static Age feels like a, a, a collection of songs. It does not feel 
like a cohesive album. Walk Among Us feels like an album, kind of. And what's funny is Misfits Collection 2 and uh, Collection 1, I know this is going to sound really harebrained because there's so many different songs from so many different parts of the band, times in the band. But that to me, I mean, that's the special one for me because that's what that was my introduction. But also just there's something about, I don't know, something about those versions. I guess my favorite sounding would be 12 Hits from Hell, right? I love 12 Hits from Hell, the way that was mixed. Yeah. Um, like a Coyote. Jack, hold on, we're going to get to the end of these credits. Let's do one more song and we're going to wrap it up because it's just going so long and we gotta, we're going to have to call it a night. Neo, hey, let's, do, let's do 138. That's easy. It's about violence. Okay, move on. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, your phone went. Oh, you're no. doing this on the phone. I didn't realize. Um, Jack, we have Neon Knees from New, New Zealand. We got New Zealand in the house. Jackal is more like a dog or a fox. Hyenas are related to weasels and skunks. Uh, Donald explained uh, that Bohemian Grove is where the elites gather to initiate. So this would make sense. Uh-oh, did we lose Rusty? Russell. Russell, I'm going to remove you for one second, buddy. Come back. Come back. Is he back? Little Russell. And... All right. Uh, so Bohemian Grove is where elites here. All right, R Russell, I'm gonna just going to boot you out and come back in using the link, okay? He's been kicked from the studio. Uh, Russell, come back when you get a sec. Come back. Um, Bohemian Grove is where elites gather to initiate. There you go. So that ties into the Kennedys being the elites. Bohemian Grove actually exists in Northern California. Look up the cremation, uh, the crema cremation of care ceremony on YouTube. Interesting. Um, plot world domination. Okay, you guys remember the Manimals band? Hell yeah! And they did a blood. They did an album called Blood Is the Harvest. Such a blatant Misfits ripoff band. I mean, kind of. They were like the metal version of the Earth AD Misfits. Is the best way to describe them. Larry the Wolf is like. He's like Jerry only Mach 2. You know what I mean? I that's what's that song? Burn Witch Burn is a great song. You say you don't like it, my baby. I can't see no other way. Great, great band. Rip Snorter got a misfits vibe. That Rip Snorter, he plays with uh, uh Robbie Bloodshed. Robbie, by the way, guys, I, I can't find the links right now, but go check out Robbie uh played with Mr. Jim recently, and Mr. Jim, it was they did great. Robbie sounded great. Mr. Jim sounded great. The Rip Snorter guy sounded great. Mr. Jim plays those 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 bass those drum parts perfectly. Man, it's great. Ballad of the Broken says my favorite only bass moment on Static Age is in TV Casualty where the bass just gets super loud at the Jaguar at the cemetery part. My head has to bob. But where speaking of bobbing, where is Russell Casualty? Rusty Rusty Murdergram, come back into the 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 stream if you can, buddy. We're waiting on you. I don't know what happened to him. We'll just... Oh, Eric. Eric always comes late to the show every single time. Eric, you, you missed the whole show, buddy. Um, I Am Misery. The lyrics are intense. I don't know the lyrics to I Am Misery. Let's take a look, Tanner. 
Hey, Tanner, do you do screen printing like by hand, Tanner? Like you actually screen print like you do it the old school kind of way? Just out of curiosity, I am misery lyrics. Let's see what those are. Misery lyrics, Sam Payne. All right, so here's I am misery real quick. Your life craves it, and I am there pulling you back from the shoulders down. And though you suffer, you will be mine. I always win. I am misery. I make you pain and suffer. I make your pain and suffering infernal, turning your body inside out, putting you past your breath and tears. With all your losses, misery, I give you a glimpse of hope in darkness, let you think that this will end. So it's about someone torturing someone. They are the misery that is doing the torturing. I give you a glimpse of hope in darkness, let you think that this will end. And the securely and then securely nestle on your neck and drag you back into misery. Oh, so it's like I'm going to let you think that it's coming, that it's going to end, and then pull you back. And then I love this place. I love this fucking job. I love this place. I love giving you pain. Wow, that is pretty messed up. I'll give you a glimpse of hope in darkness. I'll let you think that this will end. Yeah, it's about a guy murdering murdering a girl. That's pretty, that is pretty nutso. That's pretty out there. Um, I'm going to remove this for a second. Let's see what else we got. Scariest Sam Haynes song. How are you? Are you going back in the comments to see this, Eric? Is that how you're? I vote Human Pony Girl. Yeah. So a Human Pony Girl. If I'm correct, if I am correct on this, a Human Pony Girl doesn't have arms and legs and like walks around on stumps. So that's what Glenn is kind of speaking of. And obviously, you know, there's or at least the one in the song, Human Pony Girl. Giddy up. <laughs> Human Pony Girl, ready? Here's what here's what is said, Human Pony Girl. Uh, how do you like it so far? Giddy up. I am your power and your pain. I'll make you gallop at my pace. Human Pony Girl. I am the monkey on your back, and we're going for a ride home, Human Pony Girl. Your nights are a season at my command, Human Pony Girl. Yeah! This is my highway, no limit in force. There is no law, just... Feel my spur sink into your flank. Feel it, feel it, pony. Stomach sweat in your spine. Belly up, shoulders down, pony. Gonna take you someplace you ain't ever been. That's right. Only you ain't never coming back. I am monkey on your back. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah, dude. Dude loves pony girls. He likes those pony girls. Yeah, scackle? Scackle. I don't know what that means. Paging Rusty, Rusty Murdergram. I'm gonna text him real quick. See if he, see if he um, says you're. Hmm. Come back. See if he'll come back. We're gonna do one more song and call it a day. After we get through these comments, Raphael says twelve hits is the best. Not only because the songs it contains, but because the way the songs are played. If I'm not wrong, Glenn overdub most of them. Uh, Glenn might have played a rhythm track or played on a track, but no, that's all Doyle and Bobby. All the and yes, Pat, yes, I'm so glad you're going to be there. This is awesome. Uh, Pat, we'll talk. Pat, we'll talk. Um, Sahara says, What's up, Sahara? In 1975, a 15 year old girl was found slain 
in an affluent Connecticut suburb bludgeoned to death with a golf club. So that's in relation to a murder that's supposedly connected to the Kennedys. So it's basically like the idea that the Kennedys are jackals themselves, in addition to him being the jackal. Um, it was, oh, okay, that's what that's what Dagger Love was referring to. It was Mike Skackle, a cousin of theirs. Martha Moxley was her name. Got it. Thank you for clarifying that. And Rusty says, phone dive, laptop has no camera listening, though. Okay, he's listening live. Rusty, thank you for joining us. You'll join us next time when we'll do a continuation. We're going to do one more song, people, and I'm going to wrap it up. We're going to go out at three hours sharp, okay? That's what we'll do. We'll make it to three hours tonight because we're so close. Candy Kane says, I know what Paul was talking about with the Kennedy killing investigation with the golf club. I will find the link later to put below. Thank you. I don't want your computer to freeze again either. Dagger Love says, Skankel was... Uh, Skakel, I'm not pronouncing it right. Skakel was the Kennedy that killed a girl with a golf club. Mother was a Kennedy. There you go. There you go. Skakel, Kennedy cousin was the one. Gotcha. Got it. Got it. Um, fa talk trash. Fa talk trash. I wonder if Franche Coma still remembers how to play and the lyrics to those unreleased misfit songs like Harpies and songs and that still get Glenn on live keys. So, again... I thought I heard Harpies in the Night. I, apparently, it was a song called Drive Me, I think. Now, I don't actually know. I think I heard a song called Drive Me that I swear to God it was Harpies in the Night. I swear to God he's saying, We're strangers in the night. It's Harpies in the night. I'll shake my guts out for you. We're just strangers. Um, but I guess not. However, when I interviewed someone from Glenn's previous band, Kudat and Boojang. He was in a Glenn with, with, he was in a band with Glenn, Mr. Jim and yeah. And there was a Jerry Byers. And if you want a full breakdown of all this, go to back to the very first episode that we recorded a year ago. But when I asked him, I said, cause I asked everybody, I said, can you sing for me West end Avenue? And you know, I asked tank about that and tank goes like this. He's like one day, Jerry was making, breakfast he's making pancakes actually in his kitchen and he started going west end avenue west end avenue like this with the keys and my jaw hit the ground because that was tank mimicking what jerry did and so for years i thought west end avenue went west end avenue west end avenue it doesn't west end avenue goes West End Avenue, West End Avenue, West. Doom, 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 Something like that. It's a door song, total door song. Something like that. And it goes West End Avenue, West End Avenue, something like that. Um. When I asked Frank about it, he didn't really remember much. I think he tried to sing Feline Nursery in his interview. I'm going to throw away the key to the Feline Nursery. Get on the floor and whisper my name. Yeah. When, uh, nah, nah. Um, Ballad says, okay, fair. Scary was kind of a cringe. It's not that it's a cringe ad, uh, adjective, but what it is is um, it's not a cringe adjective. 
but it just doesn't, it's not the right adjective. I would say brutal. What's the most brutal Sam Haynes song? Or what is a, what is a brutal Sam Haynes song? Kiss of Steel is pretty brutal. Uh, Misery Tome, I Am Misery, Macabre, especially with the chance in the howl where lupines vomit children's lips. It is crazy. That's what it is. It's all crazy imagery. I never really thought about the lyrics of Misery Tomb or I Am Misery until now. And Misery, you think about what is Misery Tomb? A Tomb of Misery. Holy shit. Or I Am Misery. It is pretty, uh, it's pretty freaky deaky. Martha Moxley was the girl who was beaten to death with the golf club. So sad. So tragic. Bludgeoned, uh, just, just when I'm talking about how sad and tragic it is, Donald lets us know, Bludgeon with a Golf Club, new grindcore song. Uh, you should ask, who would do that? Cannibal Corpse, maybe, or that other band whose name I won't even say on the air because I just think they're so talentless, lowest common denominator. And I'm not talking about Gigi Allen. I'm talking about that band. Uh, their initials are AC. I just hate them. I hate them so much because it's just such low-hanging fruit. Be more creative. Um, Ballad of the Broken is the melody to Harpies of the Night. Oh, that's what I forgot. I'm so sorry about Harpies of the Night. So I asked Steve about it, this guy Steve, and this is what he does. He looks up like this. And like I said, I thought that he was wrong when I listened to the tape. And it was a song. He said, this song's called Drive Me. That's what Glenn says at the beginning. But I thought it was Harpies of the Night. I think Manny even thought it might have been Harpies of the Night. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know. He's going, I'll, re- I'll shake my guts out for you. Now, Harpies in the Night, the way Steve said it goes, sing like harpies in the night, in the night. Sing like harpies in the night. And then and he just did that right off the top of his head. He has a memory like a steel trap. I believe that it's possible that that's, that that is the melody. And there are people that can confirm that for us. Truly, there are. They exist out there. Dagger says American Nightmare, best Misfit song ever. It's a great Misfit song. And I loved when those lyric books came out and we got to hear the actual lyrics to them. Um, Legacy is the most eclectic because it's a compilation. But it's a compilation that is like, you know, it's all, it it has the same feel. All the songs have the same feel because Glenn re-recorded the guitar all at the same time, right? Okay, that's, we finally got it. Russ, Rusty Murdergram, his phone died. He's just going to listen now and not rejoin. Thanks for the update, Rusty. Eric says, I set YouTube reminders, but it never works. I still love the show. Hey, you know, for anybody who's just joining us, please a subscribe to the channel. I'm trying to build this channel. I want to build my network. I want an empire. So subscribe to this channel, leave a comment, leave a like, yada, yada, yada. Um, additionally, these shows are archived on the channel. So if you don't catch us live, that's okay. You just can't participate in real time. That's the only difference. The Martians took rust. They sure did, man. Uh, I always win. I'm misery. <laughs> um, how can we hear those old tunes? You can't right now. You cannot. It's uh, very difficult to listen to those old tunes. Um, for a full breakdown of my notes about those old tunes, just go to the first episode, Neon Knees. Go to the first episode. It's on my homepage, the front thing. All right, guys, we're going to do this last message song. Now that I got all the way to the bottom, dude, so many comments. So many comments in this chat. It's amazing. Let's do one more. Does anybody have a request? Since I've been picking them, does anybody have a request that we're going to uh, look at uh, for a song? What should we look at? We did Cough Cool. Oh, you know what I was going to do? No, I, I'm sorry. Fuck all your requests. Screw all your requests. 
what we're going to do, don't even put them in the, in the thing if they're about to populate. We're going to do hybrid moments. And then once we've done that, we've covered all the songs that have been previously discussed in episodes. And when we do a part two of this, because you know we're going to do a part two of this, we're, we will tackle the we will tackle songs that we have not previously done. And if you want to do homework, if you want to cat, get in on this action, in the Lodi Facebook group, go find us. They came from Lodi, the page of Misfit Story. Go find the Facebook group and put your, your hot takes, your theories about Misfit songs in there. A. Hale, actually, Tanner, at some point, sometime, sometime back, Tanner, uh, like, blew my mind with like the real lyrics of devil lock. They're not what everybody thinks. And he says something like I am cancer. Really crazy. Russ turned into a watcher. Whoa. He can't even participate. Whoa. Okay. Let's, let's do hybrid moments. Okay. Guys, what is hybrid moments about? I want to hear the fucking 1993 Halloween acoustic show where Danzig's vocals are booming. I've heard snippets from a guy and Glenn doing I'm the one sitting down inside the club. Sounds amazing. Yeah, man. You and me both. You and me both. Um, so let's talk about hybrid moments. Let's see what they say on the actual site. So we're going to go to the site. If you're going to scream, scream with me. Moments like this never last. I will say about that live tape, I said this in like the first or second episode. Glenn, before he recorded hybrid moments for Static Age, Glenn didn't sing. Glenn sings it so much differently live. And that's because I have a feeling that he was punched in a whole bunch on the recording because nobody can sing Static Age live. I mean, hybrid moments live the right way. They always run out of breath or it's just really hard to sing. And I think maybe that's because Glenn recorded it in a way where, you know, like you could do like the punch in, like they punched in his vocals or something. There's no way that he was able to sing all that live at once. And I, what, what really sort of solidified that proof for me or that idea was hearing him do it live. His vocal arrangement is different than what they would do in the studio with Static H, slightly different. It's just like the way he truncates and stretches out notes. It's just very, very different. So we're going to hybrid moments for our final thing. This is a song of much controversy and contention amongst fans. We None of us know what it's about. I've heard people theorize that it's actually that hybrid moments is about the movie Alien, which makes sense. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of things. Uh, but let's hear what ev I want everybody to weigh in on this, guys. We all are going to weigh in on. We're all going to weigh in on this and call it a night. Ready? If you're going to scream, you scream with me. Moments like this never last. Yeah, like the way he goes last. Like he kind of like truncates it or something. When do creatures rape? He says, when do creatures rape your face? But is that actually what he's saying? When new creatures when the creatures rape your face, when do creatures rape your face? Hybrids open up the door. Ooh, baby, when you cry, your face, blah, 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 blah. your face is momentary. You hide your looks behind these scars. See, that it can't be about alien. It's not about aliens. It also could be about werewolves. In hybrid moments, give me a moment. 
Ooh, baby, when you cry. Yeah, it's such a beautiful song. It's a wonderful song. So this is a crooner. This is a crooning song. This is a 50s doo-wop croony song. If you're going to scream, you can almost hear, you would almost imagine that Glenn is covering the song from some obscure 50s artist. If you're going to scream, scream with me. You know, with like that beautiful orchestral arrangement on top of like the doo-wop stuff. It's like also got like a fill. I would imagine if Glenn had not written the song and it was a cover that this came out in like 1961. It's pre-Beatles. It's got that uh, gorgeous full, it's not in the 50s. It's it's pre-63, between 60 and 63. It's got those gorgeous like string, like, like Phil Spector wall of sound arrangement on top of the actual instrumentation. And um, maybe there's a stand-up bass. Um, ding, 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 ding. Yeah, and it's just like, and if you're going to scream, scream with me. Moment. Yeah, and it's just like a crooner, just crooning his, his, his heart out. If you're going to scream, scream with me. So the author is saying, I want you to scream with me if you are going to scream. Because moments like this never last. So what's interesting, oh, man, what is interesting is that hybrid moments kind of bookends with I am misery, misery tomb in the sense that the tormentor is saying, just like all that other stuff about misery tomb, the tormentor is saying, if you're going to scream, scream with me because moments like this never last, or maybe we're both in this horrifying situation together. But I would imagine he is the source of the horror that is coming. Okay. We're talking very abstract here. When the creatures rape your face, or when it says when new creatures, when do creatures, when the creatures, whenever I sing it, I sing when do creatures rape your face. I know that's wrong. When the creatures rape your face, so face rape. That's where people think that it's um, what you might call it, uh, alien. But this song predates alien, so that's not possible. When creatures rape your face, I guess. It's literally copulating with one's face, or if you would imagine a oral oral stimulation, forced oral stimulation of the facial cavity. Hybrids open up the door. So is this a real door or is this a metaphysical door? This is a symbolic door. So they're opening up the door to what? They're opening up the door to misery. Hybrids open up the door to something. So when the creatures rip your face, hybrids open up the door. And then, ooh, baby, when you cry, your face is momentary. Like, obviously, I know what momentary is. but So he's saying momentary, lasting for a very short time, briefly. So, wow. Oh, wow. See, I'm thinking of it as an adjective. Yeah, it is an adjective. So momentary is an adjective for moment, which is a brief, short moment. So give me a short moment. In hybrid moments, in these hybrid moments, give me a moment. He's demanding a moment. He's, it's like he wants to create a reaction from this girl's face that he is raping. I can't believe I just said that out loud. Sorry. Yikes. Sorry about that. That's weird. Um, interesting. If you're going to scream, scream with me. Moments like this never last. So literally, 
your face is momentary and moments like this never last are very similar in what they're saying. And then you hide your looks behind these scars. Are they the scars? Are they mental scars? Are they, wait a minute, wait a minute. Is this about fiend without a face? The, uh, no, not fiend without a face. What's the movie, the French, the French film? It's just before came out at night. Eyes without a face. Is this have to do with eyes without a face? If you're going to scream, scream with me. Moments like this never last. When new creatures rape your face, hybrids open up the door. Ooh, baby, when you cry. Could this song, in fact, maybe be about eyes without a face? You're, you hide your looks behind these scars. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. All right, guys, I know that there are comments piling up. Before we get there, I'm gonna um I'm gonna look. Let me just see here. Uh I see Rue is leaving. Rue, I just want to say thank you so much for your support, man. Thanks, thanks for joining us, dude. You friggin' rock. Thank you to Rue. Shout out to Rue real quick. I'm gonna get back to the comments in a second. Someone writes, Glenn wrote this song <laughs> while driving around in his Toyo Toyota Prius. He was having a hybrid moment. Ha ha. Um, talking about the song's meanings. He says, uh, someone says, I think it's about hiding behind your experiences. Uh, example, oh, I had a crappy childhood. I can't be expected to be successful. Um, Okay, all right, this is interesting, but I think it, th this is not, this can't be true. The final script for the movie Alien was released in 1977. The album Static Age was recorded in 1978, though it was not released in its entirety until 1997. Can you think of another story where creatures that rape your face? An alien is without question a hybrid of the two speeches from which they came. Except, my friend, your, your, your theory, while totally good, in theory, is not possible because this song was written in 1977. That's right. Hybrid Moments is from 1977 or even earlier than 1977. They played it live in 1977. So that doesn't work. That absolutely doesn't work. Uh, so here's someone's opinion. I could be wrong. The song is a serial killer was talking to his victim, and also the lyrics are not entirely correct in this site. Let's analyze the lyrics. If you're going to scream, scream with me. If someone is going to make her scream, might as well be him, right? That's what I said that. Moments like this never last. A pure moment of terror before a victim is murdered or whatnot. This guy says it so much, or this girl, this person says it so much better than me. That's exactly what I was trying to vocalize, and I just couldn't do it right. If someone's going to make her scream, it might as well be him because these mo and these moments, moments like this never last because a moment of pure terror before a victim is a, uh, murdered or whatnot. And it goes, now here, I'm not sure if it says when new creatures rape your face, hybrids open up the door or ask, when do creatures rape your face? See, I always sing it. When do creatures rape your face? So I'm not the only one. When do creatures rape your face? That would be a question mark. Cause it's a question. When do creatures rape your face? When do creatures rape your face? Hybrids open up the door. If it's the second one, then he is saying that it doesn't happen often. <laughs> He's saying that it doesn't happen often. When do creatures when do creatures rape your face? And often also and also applies that he had that he's some kind of monster. I think that's obvious. Ooh, babe. Ooh, 
see if in my version, in my world, in my imagination, where Glenn is covering the song, and it was originally a '60s song, like an early doo, like a like a late doo-wop, because doo-wop kind of died out in the early '60s, right? So I had imagined like the girl chorus, like Phil Spector produces. It goes the girl chorus goes like, "Ooh, baby, when you cry," like o- over uh, over the the baritone part, you know, like "Ooh," or it's like the girls are doing a harmony where they're going "Ooh, when you cry," like in the background, like guys going "Ooh, baby, when you cry," and then underneath it, it's like "Ooh, when you cry." I'd like somebody cover that. Somebody make that version. Um. Ooh, when you cry, uh, your face is momentary. Some serial killers murder for the thrill. The killer enjoys those moments when the victims cry out of terror, even though it's momentary. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I hear it. I hear that. I get that. Um, You hide your looks behind these scars. The killer gets aroused or gets turned on by those moments of terror behind the victim's eyes. You hide your looks behind these. He's saying gets aroused or gets turned on. Maybe. Um, her good looks. The victim has scars of possible traumas, and she survived. That's way too much story for what this song is. It's so abstract, man. In hybrid moments, give me a moment. Hybrid moment must mean those moments of sheer terror right before killing her, or raping her, or whatever. You're, that I agree with. A hybrid moment, okay, so that's what it is. A hybrid moment is a moment of two things happening at the same time making a hybrid moment. So what are the two things? And you know what the two things are maybe? Okay, ready for this? It's terror and pleasure. The girl is ha- is experiencing terror and the killer is experiencing pleasure. And together it creates a hybrid moment. In hybrid moments, in hybrid moments, give me a moment. I think that's it. I think we just cracked this one. I'm going to read your comments in a second. Ooh, baby, when you're crying, it's about a murderer. If you're going to, it's about a murderer who is relishing in the idea of a hybrid moment, which is a moment that's fused from two separate moments, a moment of terror and a moment of pleasure. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm betting the million dollars on. If this is who wants to be a millionaire, let's see if there's any other thoughts. I've tried analyzing the song, but I can never get anything out of it. I think that's it, man. I think we just nailed it. Good God, you guys are paying way too much into this. It's the Misfits. Old horror movies, 90% of the time at least. Also, I interviewed Sam Hain for my fanzine when I was like 15 in 1984. I remember the year because the World's Fair was going on here. I recall Danzig saying he Oh, whoa. I recall Danzig saying he wrote this after seeing the first Alien film. So I saw one, maybe two people who had it correct early on the face. Um, so this guy is lying through his teeth because that's not possible. I've listened to a recording of this song from 1977 live. I know for a fact he didn't write that. He couldn't have written it uh, by the time. Alien. He didn't write it in 1979. He didn't write it in 1978. That's BS. I think it's a hybrid of two moments. That's what it is. That's what a hybrid moment is. Uh, wow. Um it has the best key change going from into the chorus. Jerry Only's bass line is one that I could listen to over and over again. I got to agree. I get the feeling Glenn's talents and needs weren't being fulfilled by the um, other members of the band. I don't know what that has to do with anything. People are just saying blah, blah, blah. All right. So someone says, does hybrid mean when two species produce offspring? It does. But then I looked at the Urban Dictionary for like a slang meeting to hybrid. And it said that 
Hybrid was an American version of the British word Grebo, meaning there are many different types of people who make up the Grebo, aka hybrid population. All of them are different, but have one or two things in common. They listen to rock and roll of different types and don't wear fashionable clothes. Yet they may look a bit stupid sometimes, but they don't really give a fuck. They don't have a problem with non-Grebos. So all the stuff about Grebos being troublemakers who cause fights and problems with non-Grebos is fact. This is interesting, but again, I think it's super simple. He's writing a song about a killer who is, you know, romancing a girl with terror as he's going to do that to her face. You hide your looks behind these scars. You hide your looks behind these scars. What is you hide your looks behind these scars? So maybe the scars are emotional scars from the terror she's experiencing. You hide your looks behind these scars. They mean does that mean that his attracted his his attraction to her is blocked by scars? I swear to God, I'm gonna give up on this in two seconds and go to the comments. I just can't stop reading about this. Uh all right. This song is easy to understand if you really think about it. It's about werewolves. Check it. Hybrid, a person or a group of persons produced by the interaction or crossbreeding of two unlike cultures, traditions. Then take these lines. Your face is momentary. Oh, damn. It might, man, man, it might be a song about a werewolf. It might be, oh, man. Okay. So it might, your face is momentary. They change during a full moon. You hide your looks behind these scars when someone is normal. Huh. Not to mention being a werewolf only occurs at night for moments at a time. So to be a hybrid moment is to be a werewolf possibly a vampire, but definitely something of that nature. So, so I want to combine this with the other thing, because as we've seen the theme that Russell and I were pulling together through a bunch of stuff ready is this hybrid moments, just like with all the other stuff we've talked about tonight, Glenn is writing about a bunch of different things and putting them together. Maybe hybrid moments is moment of terror with a moment of pleasure but also has to do with being raped, your face raped by a werewolf. <laughs> uh, your, fa your face is momentary. You hide your looks behind these scars. Your face is momentary, meaning like the, the expression of your terror is momentary. I, that's what I think. All right, guys, I am, we are going to the comments and then we're wrapping this session up because fuck, it's already three hours, man. I just want to say I can't believe there are still 29 people at 12 a.m. and freaking we're just doing this. It's like it's just awesome. Let me go back up to the top. Um, doo -doo 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 -doo. Hold on one second. Uh, best song. Best song on the Jackass movie. Yeah, when I saw that in the Jackass opening, uh, closing credits, that that just made me so. Oh no, not in the closing credits. What is the American and Werewolf in London? It's the perfect song. So clearly, someone in the Jackass crew probably thought it had to do with being a werewolf because that's why. And then American Werewolf in London, they tied all of that stuff together for one of the best segments in that Jackass uh, movie. Um, what live version of hybrid moments is he referring to? I'm referring to a live version with Manny. It's 
Franche Coma on guitar, it's Manny on drums, it's Glenn on vocals, and Jerry on bass. It's their third show from Eddie's Finders Lounge. And half of the set is just a trio with Glenn, Jerry, and Manny, Glenn on piano, and then the rest of they. Uh, Frank comes in and plays guitar for a few songs, including hybrid moments. And then I think he leaves the set again. I was told otherwise, but I, to, I, I couldn't hear any guitar. Uh, but then again, my ears suck. So I don't know. I think Glenn is secretly a hopeless, sweet romantic. I think Glenn is secretly a hopeless romantic too. When you look at songs like Sestina's, you know, and I really get the sense that Glenn is a romantic because of Danzig Sings Elvis. Danzig Sings Elvis, for it's a covers album, but in my opinion, I think Danzig Sings Elvis is a super duper personal, intimate album of Glenn Danzig's that leaves him very, very vulnerable, autobiographical album. What do I have? I, nothing but an inkling, nothing but an intuition. I could be super wrong about that. Go check out the episode where I did a full album review on Danzig Sings Elvis for more about that. I'm not going to get into it now. Now, I will say, Ballard says, now I will say Hybrid Moment Static Age version is better than the Legacy. On the Legacy, the bass is sucked out and the drums are too low. This is a top five song to show people to introduce them because of the melody. I agree. It's along with, for me, it'd be Night of the Living Dead, Astro Zombies, Hybrid Moments, Last Caress, and what would be my last, what would be my, my, my final song? I'm not sure. I have to think about that. Maybe Die Die or London Dungeon. I'm not sure. Eric says, I thought Hybrid Moments was about an abusive relationship, possibly a mutually abusive relationship. It's possible. There's definitely stuff. That stuff is definitely possibly in there as well. Um, I first thought the lyrics were when you cover up your face. And it was about actresses and old horror movies covering their faces when they scream. But that's not right. When the creatures wrap your face, hybrids open up the door. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No way. No way. You, that doesn't work. We already saw that comment from Rue Morick. Rue, thanks for joining us. And thank you again for your support. You and Dagger Love. Super shout out to Dagger Love. Both of you guys rock. Really appreciate the uh, support. Uh, Ballad says, I take this song as an intentional juxtaposition between romance, abuse, fear, and love. The lyrics contrasting with the duop melody. Ballad, I think you're right. It's a juxtaposition between romance and abuse, fear and love. And I would also say murder and romance too, besides romance and abuse. It's, I definitely, in my mind, I see a killer and a victim. I do. I see a killer relishing, relishing. Hybrids opened up the door. He says, when the creatures spray your face, hybrids open up the door. So we, that kind of pokes holes in the idea of a hybrid moment. Hybrids are, he's talking about a noun. Hybrids opened up the door. Have you heard the song Art of Illusion by Avenged Sevenfold? I have never, Candy Kane, I have never listened to an Avenged Sevenfold song in my life. Uh, not for any other reason than I just, not my style of music, not my my cup of tea. Um, but please explain why you asked that question. Uh, but the answer is no, I have not. I own Eyes Without a Face on Blu-ray. Great movie. Phenomenal movie. You have excellent taste, A-Hale. And A. Hale, if you own that on Blu-ray, have you seen La Belle et la Bête from 1946 by Jean Cocteau? 
it is a really, really great French film. Really great. As a matter of fact, I've always said that the, Le Belle et Le Bet is the French answer to the universal horror films that came the decade before. Um, Ballard says, hybrids open up the door to moments that are dark and depraved. He relishes in these moments and in his own twisted mind, this romance and equivalent to memories of a picnic fancy date. Hybrids open up the door. Hybrids have to be werewolves that open up the door. It's a juxtaposition of, oh God, but that doesn't work either. It's such a, what a mystery is this song. Ah, oh, Raphael had to leave 2 a.m. in Brazil. Stay safe, guys. Hey, stay safe, Raphael. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm, uh, I appreciate you staying so long. Uh, we'll definitely see you next time. Javier says, Verotic Comics, Satanica. Wait, what? Hybrid Moments Illustrated? What? Can anybody corroborate or confirm? Wait, you need to explain, sir. Are you telling me there's an illustrated adaptation of Hybrid Moments in Verotic Comics? You know who would know this? We have to ask Rube Morg. Rube Morg collects Verotica Comics. I got, I'm going to ask him about it. I'm going to ask him about it. We need to get to the bottom of this. I need to see that comic immediately. Yes, there would be a female vocal. Yes, there would be female vocalists layering on top of Danzig voice and harmonizing for sure. Imagine if you wrote this song. I would be so proud agreeing recording that. Listen, I, like I said, I am not a musician. I do write songs. I can't record. I can't play the instruments. I just, you know, I just try the best to make the songs come out of my head. You can hear, as a matter of fact, if anybody wants to hear, I've done, it's on my channel. I have an acapella version of Some Kind of Hate that I'm actually pretty proud of. And it's just like, do, 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 And then it's the like, some kind of no. And then some kind of, it's really fun. It's really fun. Check it out. And then for the guitars, I just did whistles. I just went, I went, I, I don't do it justice, I, but I did a, I layered tons and tons of tracks. It's somewhere on my channel. Go seek it out. But if, listen, Ballad, if you can record that, you should, man. You should do it. Record that song. Record it. I want to hear it. I want to hear it, man. Uh, Jeff, I think you're spot on with hybrid moments. Thank you, man. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if I am, but like, I, 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 I hope so. I hope so. Glenn, what's hybrid moments about? Glenn, violence. I mean, it is. Oh. It's about violence. It smells like pot down here, except nobody in this house smokes weed and there's no weed on the premises. That's super weird. Good. Oh, it's about violence, obviously. Um, there must be an old horror movie where the girl is pretty but has scars on her face and is tortured or something. That is possible. It definitely could be. It definitely could be. There must be an old horror movie where the girl is pretty but has scars on her face. That's why I was thinking Eyes Without a Face, which is a French film from 1959, apart from Jingoku, which came out in 1959, might have the earliest scenes of gore where you literally see a woman's face get taken off. Um, it does involve dogs ripping people to shreds. They might have been hybrid dogs. I swear to God, I smell pot. This is so weird. Yeah, that's right. I went over three hours. Woo!
And if I don't stop, it'll be three and a half hours. Jesus Christ. Demons copulate with humans, hybrids. Okay. There you go. Is that, that's what you were referring to earlier? Is that, was that the comic book you're referring to earlier? Uh, Rusty Murdergram says, seems like the old movie Fiend Without a Face had creatures that attacked the faces of their victims. Oh, so maybe it is Fiend Without a Face. Maybe it, the first title, which I mixed up, they're both Criterion titles. Oh, man. You know Fiend Without a Face was made for $50,000 in the 1950s? It's like super low budget for a movie of that caliber. Dude. Maybe it, it has to do with Fiend Without Think about it. If you're going to scream, scream with me. Moments like this never last. When new creatures rape your face. Because that they do attack the faces of their victims. That's right. Hybrids open up the door. But why are they hybrids? They're Those are aliens or something. Those are... Give me a moment. It's possible. It could be Fiend Without a Face. That would make sense. Bro, where are all these rare audios? You must have your crazy ways. I do. I have crazy ways, man. I have great. I have been... I have been, I have gone down such rabbit holes with this band and talked to so many people and met people who have showed me things and gotten a hold of things, just crazy stuff. And um, I, it's all going to come out. Not, not, no, that stuff is not going to be in the documentary, but I'm doing a documentary. It's going to have a lot of interesting tidbits and stuff. Jeffy Rule totally made my night. Thank you. Hey, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thank you. Like and subscribe, people. Um, just watch the lyric video for Art of Illusion by Avenge Sevenfold. It's about rape from the multiple perspectives of the rapist and the female victim. The singer's girlfriend does some of the singing, screaming. Okay, now I understand. Those phantom spells happen at my house too. Weed a few times. Weird. It is weird. It's creepy. It's creepy deepy, man. Great show. Three hours. Three hours plus flew by. I, dude, it's three hours and 20 minutes and we still have 28 people here talking. Hybrid either equals half. Face attacking creature, half human. That's true. That is very true. Guys, I'm going to go till 3.30. 10 more minutes and I'm, I'm out, okay? We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna end it there. So much so that I'm taking off my glasses because I can't wear them anymore. Um, let's read a few more of these. Hold on. Let's look at a few more of these until 3.30. That's what we're going to do. And if anybody has any comments, please post them now so I can get through them. Let's take a look and see if there's any other. Damn, I agree with Jay Craze. Oh, you agree with Jay, Jay the Craze? Uh, okay. All right. Here's one. Ready? Here's one. Wait, wait, wait. There's It's about werewolves. To me, the song is just kind of about Glenn caring enough about someone that uh, when they're in a dangerous or stressful situation, hence the screaming thing, he wants to go through it with you. If you're going to scream, scream with me. At times, I almost interpret it as he wants to look out for you and understand you. I have a hybrid moment is like us understanding each other. Maybe interesting theory. I don't know. I don't know, but interesting theory. Someone says I once was in a relationship with a girl who was a survivor of sexual assault. It was after several months into this relationship that I heard this song for the first time. And it startled me how deeply the song resonated with some of my most acute sentiments at the time. To expand on this interpretation by how I have the brains to, I believe that the misfits here, as elsewhere, are using macabre horror genre lyrics as the poetry of real emotional experience. Yeah, I've there are, yes, which is what Blitzkid does, frankly, with their songs too. That's an extension of that. 
just like in Saturday night, but that's a whole different thing than that. They conflate a retro version. In my experience, the hybrid moment is when the horror of the past experience floods into the present. Ah, whoa. All right, here we go, guys. I right, here we go, guys. We're getting into the we're getting into the meat of this. Johnny says Sam Johnny Bob Goldstein says Sam Hain was better. So can't someone just ask Glenn? Could you know? I should text Steve and ask him if he ever asked Glenn, see what he says. Thanks so much for going live tonight and being chill. It really helps us during these months and years. Hey, Candy Kane, got a ton of content on the channel. Oh, you said you've been in previous live streams, so you know. Keep frigging, I'll, I'll keep I'll keep posting if you keep watching. Much appreciated, truly. Um, let me finish. This is interesting. In my experience, the hybrid moment is when the horror of past experience floods into the present, forming a hybrid experience in which one relives past pain even while trying to thrive in the present. So the singer is reaching out to the woman he loves, telling her that he understands why sometimes she has panic attacks or breakdowns or hysterias or post-traumatic crises even, and perhaps especially during some of their most intimate moments. But to please, please not lose sight of him right there. Hence his reminder that moments like this never last. And his plea in hybrid moments, give me a moment. Whoa! <laughs> Boom! That one is that one might be my favorite. I don't this is a much more complicated, nuanced version of the what I think is the most likely one, which is the hybrid moment of, of pain and pleasure. Wow, that is fucking deep. That is so good. That was so well done. In hybrid moments, give me a moment. I'm sure there's a lot of painful life situations besides the ones mentioned about that would cause strange creatures to occasionally open up the door to bury dimensions and take possessions of our faces, bodies, and feelings, even against our will or our desire to heal. And then tie that in with the horror movie, Fiend Without a Face, Russell. Boom! There we go. There you go. Uh, someone says, honestly, sounds like someone getting off on torturing, kind of like the Dean Coons antagonist. Holy shit, I sound smart. <laughs> um, let's see here. And I think that is basically it. Do we have any other comment? Yeah, we got that one. Uh, I think the Misfits are good coping songs for multiple things, and Glenn is a sweetheart secretly. You might be right. Or I just might love violence. One of the two. <clears throat> you like my pumpkins? They're really scary. I really like them. Okay, here's one. Okay, I think this song is about how basically people live their lives and are completely fucking miserable and music becomes a form of uh, escapism. Ooh, baby, when you cry, your face is momentary. You hide your look behind these scars. It's saying that you have a bad life and you're trying to hide this fact. Don't let your face show your true emotions. You hide your looks behind these scars. If you're going to scream, scream with me. Moments like this never last. When do creatures rape your face? Hoppers open up the door. They're at a they're at a concert. If you're going to scream, scream with me. They're letting loose all their frustrations. Live in the moment. No way. And that was written by Poop Face. Poop Face. I think you don't know what you are talking about. Okay, the song is about basically how people live their lives. Right. We already did that part. Um, I have always interpreted it as being 
about rape from the point of view of the rapist. Give me a moment is a reassurance to the victim that his experience will be over and you might as well scream in terror while I scream for my climax. That is the hybrid moment as well. Also, your face is momentary is a re reference to the victim thrashing about and making horrific expressions. Oh, your face is momentary is horrific expressions um, with her face as the rapist captures each expression momentarily until the next, almost using your eyeballs as like a camera. Creatures rape your face is a reference to how the rapist feels. Oh my God. Creatures rape your face is a reference to how the rapist feels that he is something more or less than human, almost a monster, quite literally a serial killer, which the song could also be about. Hybrids open up the door and hybrid moments refers to the terror and horror of the experience. So maybe hybrids is just really pluralizing hybrid moments. Hybrids open up the door, right? Let it in. Both. The old songs were quite hard to figure out, whereas Walk Among Us songs were a bit more face value. Neon, I totally agree. I totally, for the most part, I totally agree. Because we were trying to decipher Green Hell and we could not. But that's partially because we didn't have the lyrics. We didn't know what the lyrics were. <sighs> Someone writes very simply. <laughs> I love this. A monster fucking a girl, winky face. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, that works too, technically. Um, personally for me, yeah, no, that's, that's not even worth reading. I think of it as a hybrid that is the joining of the two aspects of pain and pleasure. There you go. That's it again. He sings, if you're going to scream, scream with me. It's about this girl screaming in horror, like a horror film. And there's the pleasure pain of the moment, but it won't last moments like this. Never last the mouth rape and the crying girl is all a part of these fractions of moments, but then the moment is over. So he's saying, give me a moment again and again ah i guess i agree somewhat with the rapist interpretation but i think it's more like a fantasy that he's thinking about while watching a horror flick or maybe combining his own experiences with memory um do a reaction vid as you watch and listen to the art of illusion please you know i don't think i've ever done a reaction video we try i sort of did well i kind of did a little bit of it last week with uh, we reacted to the live, the final live show. As we count down to our final minute here, still with 28 people left at 1230, I just want to say thank you so much to everybody who um, came and, and, and chatted and hung out tonight because that's what these shows are when we get everybody talking. We're all just really just hanging out and talking about one of our favorite bands, and it's a lot of fun. I have, oop, I have so much fun doing this. And like I said, like, subscribe, yada, yada, yada. <laughs> Neon says, Glenn watched too much TV. He sure did. He was a TV casualty. If you watch earlier in this episode, we talk about that. But um, just remember, that we got more episodes of the, of the show coming up. I have a like and a subscribe here. Thank you. Hey, mm, thank you for the subscribe. Please subscribe if you are not subscribed. If you're going to subscribe, subscribe with me. And I need to figure out when I get tipped, when people tip me, like uh, like like uh, uh, generous benefactors tonight, I need to do something special, and I got to figure out what that is. So we got to figure that out too. Uh, Eric says, "I really wonder what Glenn Danzig would think of all these interpretations of his lyrics. He'd probably just laugh and be like, oh, you fucking idiot! You don't know what it's about.' But you know, who knows? 
Love you, Uncle Glenn. Love you, everybody. Thank you so much. Have a good night. The way we end things here, we say peace and